Welcome to the 244th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on August 5th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's currently roasting in his own juices, Carlos Rodella. I am, and that's super gross to put it that way, but that is very true. You get one of those little 50-cent packets from the grocery store, you make some gravy. It's fine. Oh, you're just making it worse. You're making it worse. Carlos gravy. Let's go. I love how you said 2021 this time. That was seen very friendly and happy. You're like excited that it's the future. You know, I'm going to give you a little I'm a spoiler. I, I said it that way because I really needed to take a breath, and I knew that if I did that, it would buy me point three seconds in order to breathe. That's why I did that. The magic of radio. I know. <laughs> a peek behind the curtain, folks. <laughs> By the way, we could talk about that someday, but there is so much stuff that goes on, and I'm sure people listening who do podcasts know this. But behind the scenes, not only with notes and getting shows ready, even though we always talk about doing no homework, we do some. And then also just in the moment, there is this skill that you start building up when it's about rapport. It's also about like you fumble something, you have to like pick it back up again. So there's a lot that goes on in your mind and, you know, my mind and both of our minds that make a podcast work. Oh, it's absolutely a skill. I mean, you have to like roll with it. And if you make a mistake, you got to recover. And, you know, sometimes you may have the luxury of stopping and doing a second take or something. But, you know, I know you don't like to to edit a lot. And it kind of oh. just it fucks with the flow of the show if you do that anyway. So, yeah. And I do not have time for that. Yeah. We have no time. Yeah. Yeah, no, have editing. no time. No time. But yeah. in general, it's a really good skill to be able to talk and then think on your feet really quickly patch things up if something falls apart, think about where you're going, have a couple things ready in your back pocket, so whichever way the conversation goes, you're ready to go. Yeah, it's definitely a skill. I think so, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like um, I started it with like a lot of the different shows I did. I actually just had just someone reach out on Twitter, um, FunkChild75, shout out. He's been following me since like GameSpot days. You wow. Know, I was doing like you know, E3 stuff. Wow. And that is that kind of skill that I learned back then which was, hey, we have to go do this interview, and okay, now that one's canceled. We have to go talk to this person, and here's the notes. Quickly understand what this game is. Uh, talk to the developer, you know, that kind of quick thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And that just stuck with me. I think I learned that back in 2010 or 11, and it's just the same skill. Yeah, and in my in my other life as uh, an interpreter, like, you have to, like, you know, you can't stop things. If you're in the middle oh, of doing yeah. a thing, if you're doing a TV interview, or you're doing a like a live appointment with somebody you can't just be like hold up i messed that up let's start over like you never want to do that that's like you get fired if you do shit like that so you got to be able oh. to roll with the roll with the punches and just keep it going or if you have like some demonic issues going on and you're an interpreter which we'll get to later you also have to roll with the punches oh, i see what you did there ah. man i'm excited to talk about that because i was totally geeking out but let's not spoil that yet that yep. is coming up all right, folks, here we are. It's a new show. It feels like it's been a while because it may not seem different to you, the listening audience, but for Carlos and I, here's another peek behind the curtain. You know, we recorded our last episode really soon after the one that came before that because I was going on a trip. I'm back now. So for me, it feels like, I don't know what, like a week and a half or two weeks or something like that. Yeah. But to you guys, you don't notice anything because we recorded that ahead of time and released it when we were supposed to. But now it feels like I haven't talked to Carlos in a while. So that's kind of weird. I know. I was like, my home homework, uh, not homework, or homecoming, which was both <laughs> the words I was going to say. My Did you get a nice dress? Did you get your hair done? Because I love homecoming. Okay, so my homecoming homework housekeeping <laughs> is super huge list. So okay. it's like, I have to get the dress. 
Uh, I have the to corsage. do my homework. Don't forget the corsage. Is, yeah, and I do my calculus homework. Non-alcoholic but also, champagne. Yes, and I have a ton of uh, housekeeping. So because it's been so long, I don't know how I'm going to do this. We're going to do it as everybody's expecting. You know, before we start the show, we're going to just like kick it in our house. We share this living space divided down the middle by a strip of duct tape. On my side, literally nothing because everything that we need to talk about is on Carlos's side. In fact, he's got so much. <laughs> he's got a storage space out back. Bought a little shed. Yeah. And he's got some stuff stashed. So we're going to get to that stuff later. But right now, Carlos, what is at the top of your housekeeping pile? Well, first I have to push away all the homecoming decorations because I fucked up. I thought there was going to be a homecoming dance. And basically I did a, a, you know, a disservice to this house that we have. I did you cancel the limo? Because I think the limo's still coming. The limo's still coming, yeah. And I still have my corsage on. Wait, do I wear the corsage? I don't forget how it works. I mean, it's like 2021. It's whoever can wear it, I think. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, and then I got moved move the calculus uh, homework uh, out of the way. The housekeeping itself. First off, um, this is interesting. King's Bounty Two, King's Bounty Two, which I've talked about in the show a yeah, lot. Yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah. I finally saw f- coverage of it because they actually showed the gameplay. Um, and what's really interesting is two things. I'm already excited because it's a turn-based uh, Heroes of Might and Magic style game. And you love those. I love those. So what's interesting is that, yeah, it's it's that, but also they added a third-person RPG element. So you actually do walk a character around and go to towns, and there's, like, uh, choices to make oh, and dialogue okay. options. Okay. Yeah, and then also what's weird is I'm pretty sure the voice of the character is Geralt from Witcher. I did hear that, yes. I did hear that. And, you know, that guy, I'm pretty sure his name is Doug Cockle. I mean, dude's got to eat, right? Like, he's done amazing work in Witcher. That's great. But, you know, I don't know if he's getting residuals off that or what. I mean, the dude's got to keep right. working. He's probably got to keep putting food on the table. I mean, it's it makes sense that he'd go do something else. Although, to be honest, it's going to be weird to hear Geralt somewhere else. It, and it already happened, remember? Uh, on one of these episodes we've done, because we've done a million, I rec- uh, reviewed a game, and it was Geralt. It was that guy. Oh, that's right. Was. I don't think I played it, remember? but I remember you told me about it, yeah. Yeah, and so he shows up because, of course, like you said, it's a voice actor. You have to work, but it is always weird because it is, you know, you spend 200-plus hours with a character and a voice actor. Oh, yeah, dude. It's like, it's like a member it's... of the family after that. It's weird to hear exactly. him anywhere else, yeah. Well, oh, he's in King's, King's Bounty, too, anyhow. Speaking of voice actors, just a quick tangent real quick. Speaking of voice actors, I don't know what's going on at Bungie, but I like it. I'm not a big Halo fan. I don't. I mean, straight up, just being real honest with you guys, real talk, okay? I don't like their games. I just don't, okay? Like, i just got to be real honest. But lately, on Twitter, some of the most famous voice actors that they have, the guy who does all of the announcements like when it's like triple kill and like you know your guts are on the floor like that guy (laughs) and then the guy who's also doing the voice of master chief uh number one both of those guys are like 75 years old which is really weird uh but number two both of those guys recorded themselves in their halo voices saying trans rights which i thought was pretty fucking awesome i don't know why and is there i don't know if bungie's got some kind of a project going or if that you know what triggered it somehow but like all of a sudden there's all of these like really iconic halo voices saying trans rights which i think is awesome so cool kudos i give much appreciation for that that's amazing i you know not a fan of the bungee games but i'm a super fan of these famous voices saying trans rights yeah that's awesome good on you bungee i also don't play halo games but <laughs> good on you bungee <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I like those Halo War games, the, the strategy yeah, games. Yeah, those are all right. Those are all right. For some reason, I like them a lot. Oh, wait. I think I tested on one of those once. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I have a lot of different lives. 
okay, so the other thing I was going to mention is I finished The Longing. You did. I remember you talked about that on Twitter. So I guess we need to debrief about that for a second. I finished Just it also, for a but you finished it uh, like what, last week or something? Yeah. Who was it that uh, reminded us on Twitter? It was a friend of the show. Was it Gaming um, in the Wild? Probably Gaming in the Wild. Probably yeah. Gaming in the Wild. Good guy. Great podcast. I love his show. Everybody go give Gaming in the Wild a listen. That, that is an amazing podcast. I love that podcast. And he was like, oh, I think I can finish The Longing. And I was like, wait, can I? And I, I ran to my account, which, you know, virtually running to, and opened it up. And it said zero hours, zero days, zero minutes. So you were good and, to go. Wait, but I thought that I it reset because I deleted the game. And I had, you know, had to reinstall it. And so, and then I saw all those zeros. I thought like, oh, did I start over? But no, I didn't. You were right. I was ready to, to wake the game. So it had, it, had, it had remembered your save somehow. And you it just, did. the clock just kept counting for you. It did remember the save. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you don't remember, uh, listeners, it's a game where you basically have to wait for a real year to wake up a king in the story. And in that time, you basically just walk around a cavern and do little things like read books and make drawings. And yeah, I like reloaded my game to see if I could wake up the king because when I first got it was when it came out, which was definitely more than a year like ago. La- yeah, way more than yeah, like a year and a half or two years ago or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, I woke up the king, and I don't know if I should spoil it. No, don't but... spoil it. Don't spoil it. Okay. But you woke um, up the king. I did that as well. But there's like I think five different endings to that game. I believe. What? How? There's tons of stuff. So like um so. But, what did you do? I guess just really quickly, like, what did you do in that game? Like, you clearly walked around a little bit. I mean, that's, you know, mostly what you do. But did you do, like, any of, like, the, the secret quests? Or did you, like, make stuff? Or, like, do you remember anything about what you did in the game? I mean, I got a lot of books. I collected certain, I feel like, gemstones or sure. something. Sure, yeah, they're gemstones. Yep, yep, yep. And then I made a lot of drawings. And I remember look, when I re-logged into the game, I was like, oh, there's all my drawings somewhere on the wall. And I think that's all I did. There's a lot to do. It's a weird game because at first it seems like you're like, oh, my God, more than a year. It's going to take forever. But, you know, without spoiling anything, there are certain things you can do to make the clock go faster. So you can actually finish that game way sooner than than you first think you can. Um, It seems like you're going to be in for like a year. But actually, I think you can finish it like in two months if you uh, play your cards right. Um, I did. I did literally everything there was to do in that game. I, I did as much as I could do. I explored as far as I could go. I figured out a bunch of the puzzles on my own and the things that I couldn't figure out. I went to an FAQ and found out the things that I couldn't figure out. I did literally everything. Wow. And even after doing everything um, on the clock, I still had like almost uh, like like three quarters of a year left. So I think that game is weird because I wish there was more to do. Like I wish there was more to look forward to. I just knocked it out. Boom, boom, boom. Got it done real quick. I wish there was more. But I did everything and then I did the same ending as you did. I woke up the king because I felt like that was the most appropriate ending. And then, yeah, it's done. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about it without spoiling it. Um, I feel like I can say that it was anticlimactic because yes. it's a year. Yes. And so if you do something for a year and it maybe doesn't continue, like it would be interesting if it continued after that or did something. I don't know. But it just I didn't feel like it was worth that time investment. And maybe it was just because the game isn't about the destination. It's about the journey. <laughs> but the journey was super slow. So I still don't kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm with you, dude. I did the same thing you did. I felt like it was super anticlimactic. And I think the thing that was most anticlimactic about it was it was really short and it felt like, I mean, I mean, not to be disrespectful or anything, but I felt like the developer really didn't put much effort into it. Like there could have been a really cool cutscene. There could have been, you know, like just, just more to it, like something to make it feel like it was worth it. Right. Like you're saying like a year, right. 
Um, I, I watched, I got that ending, and then I went to YouTube to see the other endings because that game kind of like auto saves, and if you want to see the other endings, you have to like actually like replay the entire game, which I'm totally not going to do. So I saw all the other endings. One of the endings was actually pretty good, but it's one of the most counterintuitive things. I never would have figured it out on my own. It didn't make any sense to me, so I never would have saw that realistically. And the rest of the endings were kind of nothing burgers. So I, mm. like you said, it's kind of about the journey, not the destination. Okay. Uh, two more things. Actually, I'm like cleaning out as you're talking and pushing things to the side saying like, next week. We'll look at those next cool. week in this Do housekeeping. It. Do it. But two more things then. One is um, uh, Adam Sessler, a friend of the show, I'll sure. just say. Sure. I don't know. Uh, great guy. Uh, G4. X-Play, by the way, is back. If you want to watch it, it's all on uh, YouTube. They're doing... Uh, well, they're going to relaunch X-Play and Attack of the Show, but right now they're doing tons of YouTube videos. And Sessler's like making so many videos, it's crazy. He did one about Get Good, which I have lots of things to say about, usually align perfectly with whatever he's going to say about. I think it's bullshit and whatever. So Just the whole concept it? of like, you know, have skills, like the whole Dark Souls Get Good kind of a thing, yes. like, you know, be a good player or get fucked, basically. Yeah, be like really, really good at really, really difficult games. G-I-T-G-U-D. Gotcha. Good. Okay, gotcha. So that whole concept was interesting because he did a video on it based on what Microsoft tweeted recently. And Microsoft tweeted, Microsoft, by the way, or Xbox, right? Yeah, Xbox. Uh, uh-huh. Said, if you beat the game on easy mode, you still beat the game. Truth. Truth. That's like a stance, though, you know, like from a, a console. It like shouldn't be-, be a stance, right? It seems like it should be like a totally no big deal, but assholes make it a big deal. Right. And so then to double down, ooh, play on words, Double Fine uh, tweeted out that if you beat Psychonauts 2 with invincibility on, you still beat the game. Yes, yes. And I I think that's freaking awesome. Good on Adam Susser for doing that video about it to remind me because I didn't see those tweets. And also good on Microsoft and also good on Double Fine. It's weird because like if you watch if you watch a movie, no one says, well, you have to be underwater breathing through a snorkel or else you didn't really watch that movie <laughs> right or if you read yeah. the book it's like you gotta be hanging upside down from a trapeze and doing flips and landing on a trampoline otherwise you didn't read that book like yep. no one fucking says that right but that's what we say about games or well, not me not you but other other people who are largely dicks who are like if you don't do it on the hardest difficulty you're not really finished I'm like fuck off dude like it's yeah. a game it's i i have like I cannot say in in words in the human language how strongly I disagree with the concept of get good. So those guys can get fucked. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wait, can we make that a title or is that I, part of I might put an asterisk in it maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, wait, that would without context that would make no sense. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird. Episode whatever, get, get fucked. fucked. No, yeah. no, no. That's maybe not, not listen to that episode. Okay, then we would get canceled because we haven't done anything to get canceled yet. But that might do it. Um, lastly, uh, I just thought I'd mention this because I had mentioned this on the podcast, uh, and I apologize if I'm talking fast because I haven't talked to Brad in a while, but, um, I mentioned how I was kind of over Nintendo. I don't think I articulated it well. I mean, I know I didn't, <laughs> it was a mess. Uh, at some point you just had to be like, Carlos, stop talking. But what I was trying to say, I think I got across and what, what, what I was trying to get across was that. Nintendo has great stuff on their Switch. We, You and I both love the indie games, but those aren't first-party offerings, correct, right? Correct. And the first-party offerings are more like Mario and Zelda right. and the tried-and-true things. Sure. So I watch the H3 podcast. I like it. And Ian on the H3 podcast recently brought wait, up... Wait, what podcast are you saying? What is it? The H3. H3, like letter H3? You don't know H3 podcast? No, dude. What? How do, how do, I don't know enough well, about you, that, you, you don't know media sometimes. No, Come on. dude, I don't. You know I don't. Okay, anyways... 
H Street Podcast. It's great. It's on YouTube, and um, they're always like at the center of like just sometimes controversy, but also like uh, watching other YouTube videos and commenting on them, and it's oh just interesting. God. I don't have time to watch any YouTube videos. I don't have time to watch videos that are about videos, man. No way. No way. I have. I don't have time, and I somehow find time because I don't sleep. <laughs> but uh, the point is, one of the guys, Ian, on the podcast brought up the same issue that I had with Nintendo, and I felt validated. He basically said like. Listen, I have my Switch and I play my indie games, like you and I are saying. But he goes, but I want something for adults. And he goes, this is a hot take. And he felt bad saying it, just like I feel bad or felt bad saying it. But he's not wrong, and he feels the same way as I do. He's like, the first-party offerings are Splatoon and Zelda and Mario, and that's fine. But like, he's like, I don't want to play Mario Golf again because <laughs> a new golf just so hold know, on let's let's clarify up. this a little bit i want to make sure that yes. i'm understanding the point so is the okay. point is the point and if i'm wrong correct me is the point that you and this other guy feel that you want a first party title from nintendo but you want it to be in a different space like you don't want it to be the warm pastel mario stuff you want it to be some other kind of game that is more appealing to you know, whatever sensibility you want, you know, sci-fi or fantasy or whatever, but you want it from Nintendo. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, and also because it's almost like, um, I think he said this too, like it's almost like a service to the people who, you know, grew up with Nintendo. Like I, I was there since the very beginning and a lot of us were. And so like, it's like, well, they didn't grow up in their delivery of titles in that way. And, and I know there's exceptions like Bayonetta, et cetera, right? Or that's not even first party. No, that's third party too. Yep. yep. So, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to have them come out with something that was more... I mean, I here's the thinking. Here's the thinking. Okay. Nintendo, the company Nintendo, like where all the executives are, it's a house that is atop a mountain, literal mountain of cash. They've got like $16 billion in cash and profit in the bank by doing what Nintendo does. And they're not going to change that because that money keeps flowing in like gangbusters, dude. So, like... There's the Xbox, there's the the PS5. They're not going to compete. Why should they? Nintendo does Nintendo, and they fucking rich. They okay. so rich. They don't need to do anything like that. I know that's the argument, but here's what I'm saying. And this this wasn't even brought up. They literally just like lightly touched on it on this show. But was it a caress? Whole re- a very light touch. It was a light caress. I'm just bringing it up because I felt validated because someone else had the same, at least, uh, tried to say the same kind of feelings that I'm having. But I will say this to your uh, comment. Sure, sure. Money runs out. No one has money forever. Obviously, Google and Facebook, and and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos would like to disagree. <laughs> right? They can. They're probably good, uh, but again, those are humans. That's and they still run companies, and those companies can get fucked. You know what I mean? Right. Like that just right. happens. Right. Uh, Ford, you know, or like whatever, like any sure. car company that was at the top of their game, not the top GMC, of the game. So Chrysler, whatever. Right. And so, and then also Sony and same types of things. You know, with their electronics brand, they were like whatever. So I can't think you can't use that full argument. And secondly, young people right now, like young people are taking over, right? Young people, not to sound like an old person, but that is the future. And they don't give a like a lot of them don't give a fuck about young stuff. Like they're, obviously they're playing the older. I don't want to even say young and older, but just a different type of a style of game. And they're the ones who are spending all that mountains of cash, like either they're spending their parents or they're spending their own. And so I'm just saying, like, that can't last forever. If you think that, like, just little kid-type pastel games last forever in this environment, I don't think that I mean, can be real. Here's, here's my counter to your counter, right? Okay. 
people are having kids there's always going to be a new generation of kids until like we hit the point at which the human species goes extinct up until right. that point so next year there's <laughs> dude yeah, yeah maybe okay maybe okay okay um so there's always going to be kids, right? And so people who are our age uh, who have kids always want to have something that's safe and that's that's approachable, that's that's appropriate for kids. So that's what Nintendo does. And also, I mean, it, when they finally do hit a point at which maybe that's, that strategy isn't valid anymore, which honestly I think it's a great strategy that probably is kind of evergreen, but if, if anything happens where people stop having kids or these kids' safe titles are not appealing to the, the newest generation of kids, at that point they will pivot, right? Like whenever they need to pivot, they'll pivot. But man, they are just in the groove and what they're doing is working. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So they don't need to fix it because like the money just keeps coming in. But I, I have no doubt if something happens, if they feel the need to pivot, they will. But they, I, I just don't see that they feel the need right yeah. now. All right. Well, again, at the end of the day, uh, me and Ian and other people that I'm sure listening uh, do still feel like, well, Nintendo isn't for me then right now. And that's fine. But it does feel shitty because, again, I grew up in Nintendo and I it'd be nice to like still be excited about a new Nintendo first party, but I'm not like excited about any of them. You know what this makes me think of is this is kind of weird. It makes me think of like when I was a kid, I loved Sesame street. Did you ever watch Sesame street? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love Sesame street, big bird, you know, cookie monster, the count Oscar, the grouch, like all that love Sesame street, right? Those guys were my homies, like watch that shit every morning before school, whatever. But like now that I'm older, like I don't come back to Sesame street and be like, I wish they were darker and edgier. I wish they were talking about like, the troubles of being a grown-up. I wish they were talking about the economy. No, man. Sesame Street is Sesame Street. It's got to be there for the kids. Sesame Street is what it is, and expecting yeah. it to do something different is like you having the wrong expectations. Not you specifically, but like like if I was to come to Sesame Street and be like, why aren't they tackling the hard-hitting issues? How come they're not talking about politics? Okay. It would be weird, right? I have a great retort for that, though. That's great. I was actually going to say that. Now, okay. this is the whole podcast, by the way. This is the podcast. It's just Nintendo chat. Um, <laughs> so I can't lose my thought here. So first off... I was going to say, like, if I was an old guy, like, even older than I am now, I wouldn't play Mario games. Like, that's just because of my age, right? I'd be like, well, I don't want to play the cutesy, cutesy game. So okay. that checks out with what you're saying, right? I mean, but that's a whole different... Okay, put a pin in that. We're going to come back. Okay. Well, okay. Put a pin in that. Um, but you just said about Sesame Street, you don't want it to get older because it doesn't make any sense, right? But my point is, you know, how do you not... Like, when, when we were first uh, playing Nintendo... This is my real point. When we were first playing Nintendo, <laughs> and I was, whatever, a young person, right? And it was, like, more colorful, I guess. Mario Brothers wasn't really, you know, Super Mario Brothers was kind of colorful, but it wasn't, like, over the top. I just feel like those, that time, that era, wasn't trying to be, like, soft edges and, like, the Sesame Street thing you're talking about and, you know, Yoshi's Island with cartoony graphics. It was just whatever was made, right? Like, pixels were... You could only do six, sure, you know, sure. eight technical bit, limitations right. at the time. Right. So I, there, I don't feel like there was a choice there because all the stuff I played, like Blaster Master and different, they had all st sorts of styles. Sure. You know, I played Astonix and 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 like Maniac Mansion Port and stuff like that. So it felt more like a wide open field. And again, some of those are third party, but it just felt like it, it wasn't there. Didn't wasn't a feel to it like you're talking about, which is like the geared towards younger players that's all i'm saying and that's what it started as and so now that it is more that it's not really saying it's not apples to apples saying like hey you, you, why'd you want this thing to grow up because you just because you grew up no but when it first started it wasn't like that as much sure am but i they, wrong 
Yes, you are wrong because oh, you okay. have <laughs> you, you, like you totally put your finger on it, right? Like you're saying you want it to grow up with you, even though they don't want to because they have a very specific like dynamic that works for them. No, but no, no, wait, like, wait. I, you're missing the point there. No, no, I, I'm not I saying. Oh, because I, I, I think Super you. Mario Brothers wasn't Kitty, though. Right, but they eventually have have settled into being. You know, Nintendo is the is the safest developer. They do the least amount of edgy stuff in terms of first party stuff. They have their their very iconic IPs. Like they're very protective of it. They got a groove, man. They got a groove. And like it's. I mean, I guess I guess my question to you, hearing what you're saying, like why do you want it from Nintendo? When you've got PC and you've got Xbox and you've got PlayStation, why do you feel like you need to get that from Nintendo first party specifically? Yeah, I guess I don't. And so the the conversation should just be over, right? Like, cause <laughs> I don't I don't need it from them. It's just more like, I guess, a little bit of nostalgia then, you know? And I think that's where Ian was coming from, too. It's like, oh, Nintendo isn't for me anymore. And I guess that's fine because I have like 8,000 games to play. So I'm not like complaining because of like... I, I really, really need something from them. It's just like, it'd be interesting to see what they would come up with for an older audience. And that's all. But it's not that big of a deal. By the way, I was more of an electric company guy than a, a Sesame Street. I love that's electric company. That's a good show. I love that. I was, I'm really old. Do you remember the Bloodhound Gang on Electric Company? Yes. Oh, oh fuck, no. dude. I wish I could go back and watch those again. Uh, great music, by the way. Also, a lot of 70s and funk. Oh, man. Um, and this reminds me, there's a really cool show that I'm going to forget the name of again that I used to watch back then. And I'll think, try to think of it. Great Space Coaster? No, no. That, we, I think we did this on a podcast. That and is they a go, great What show. is that show? And you said The Great Space Coaster. I love The Great Space Coaster. I actually read about that. Tangent. Super tangent. I was this actually, whole show's a tangent. This whole show is a super tangent. Uh, I was actually, people were saying, why is, this, why is The Great Space Coaster not available on DVD or download or anything? Because that was a really popular show. Won a lot of awards. It was kind of like a um, a hipper version of like the Muppet Show or something, or like a slightly older skewing version of Sesame Street or something like that, roughly. Um, great music, great special guests, like a lot of famous people showed up on that. Cool stuff. Love that show. But it's not available because at the time they were not forward thinking, so they didn't really think that there was ever going to be a time when they would like market those things. Like they didn't foresee that people in the future would want to like save these. And so a lot of the tapes, because they were actually literally made on tape back then, just were like were rotting and they just disintegrated and people didn't save them. They didn't archive them. And a lot of that stuff is gone. And I don't know that there's even a way to even recapture any of those episodes, which makes me super sad, dude. I love that show. Yeah. There's, it happens with a lot of them, including this show that I can't remember the name of. Um, I would say that that one though, great Space coaster. Didn't they have a little bit of some creepiness to it? A very slight edge of creepiness. Yes, there was. Yeah. Yes. I think that's another reason why maybe. Oh, man. I would love much. to watch that again. I have such fun memories of that show. I, I would be very curious to see. If it holds up, but 99.9% of the people listening to this podcast have no fucking idea. What we're talking no, about they're right like, now. please shut up and talk about the games. You're yes, going to review this week. Carlos, or they've already skipped this. <laughs> Maybe they did. I don't know. That's why we don't put the timestamps in. So they can't skip ahead. Uh, oh. What else is on your side of the house? Well, I th- we think we've went too long. It's almost half an hour. Let's just go into games okay. and I'll, I'll say the rest of it. I'll All put right. it with the homecoming stuff. Stick, <laughs> stick out a pile of your homecoming stuff. Hold that dress up nicely. Cause we're going to need it next week. Okay. All right, folks, thank you for putting up with our random bullshit and strange behavior. We are now getting into the main (laughs) games content. I'm actually very excited about this particular show. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So first up, uh, Death Trash, which just came out in, I believe, is it Early Access? Is that correct? Yes, Early Access, currently, right now. On PC. Uh, Carlos and I both played this during the Xbox Summer Indie Game Fest, whatever, whatever event that was recently. We both loved it it's kind of like an old school fallout one not not like 
Bethesda Fallout, but like the real old school PC Fallout back in the day, kind of got that flavor going on. You're like a person in a wasteland, uh, isometric pixel art, like running around, having all this weird stuff happen. We both loved it. I'm super, super excited for Death Trash. Uh, it looks like a labor of love, feels like a labor of love, and those sometimes are the best experiences you can have. You, Carlos, jumped on Death Trash. Now that it's in early access, it's on PC. And I'm guessing you probably put some time in. Let's talk about Death Trash for a few minutes here. Let's please. Uh, first off, I was so excited. Uh, I thought where somewhere we had talked about it coming to Xbox Game Pass, but I think that was just the demo. So I thought that this morning uh, when it was uh, made available, I was going to be playing on my Xbox, but I was not because it's actually only on uh, Steam, yeah, good old yeah. games, and Itch.io. For now. It is coming to console later, but not It right is. Now. But I actually tweeted the developer, Stefan or Steven, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to try. I'm going to try to say his last name. Hovelbrinks, but it's got the, it's the O with the two dots over it. The omelet. I don't know how to pronounce Hovel, that. Hovelbrinks. Uh, he's Tailcrafter on uh, Twitter. And so I, I messaged him a couple of times about some stuff. And he was like, the console version will be released along the full PC version. So basically like after early access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is perfect because uh, I don't want to play early access anyway. I want the whole thing. Now, here's the thing. Um I'm trying to piece together uh, if all the, um, what is it called, progression gets transferred over. I think it does from all the kind of like different. I saw you tweeted him. Did he not answer you back yet? He didn't answer me that, but he's getting slammed. Actually, he went to bed. (laughs) I've been following his journey. He's so exhausted, so blown away. All the reviews, by the way, uh, like 97 reviews that went up, all positive, zero negative. Yeah, this game kicks ass, dude. It's it's super exciting. And so he's just exhausted. So maybe he'll answer me tomorrow. I'm hoping progression uh, gets pushed over because I've done a lot already. It feels like it will be because it's really just a save you know, file on Steam. Uh, but no, it's not like a, a really, really like limited version. It's a, it's the game, but just stops at some point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like missions stop at some point. Um, so again, it's you're getting the full experience. And I'm playing with a controller on my PC. Cool. It's fucking great. It's Fallout 1 and 2, which, again, like you mentioned, is like the old school top-down view. It's also very Fallout because there are the huge map, and on the map, when you leave little hubs or towns or, you know, locations, you basically have that fog of war all around. Yeah. Right? So you can't see locations on the map until you travel there, and then you can't even see, like, destinations until you travel there. So in the beginning, I forgot that there was going to be that style, so you actually have to, you know, just pinpoint an area on the map and travel there a lot of exploration it sounds like yeah and also just like fallout there's like random encounters uh sometimes you don't want those and in this one you can't flee so you better be careful Mm, Uh, there's definitely like trouble there and you don't you do die but there's such a like great save system not only does it auto save but you can quick save you know you're fine just save a lot you'll be fine uh, but you do run into situations where you're like, okay, now I'm just fucked, you know, because you level slowly. Uh, it feels old school in that way. Like it feels old school Fallout. Yeah. You can't just like go min max and just destroy. And they even like it gates some of the skills. So as you're upgrading, you can't just put everything in strength, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that's for. Maybe it is to, again, make it feel more realistic or something, but I'm not like totally upset by any of the choices when it comes to the progression but in general it's just the feel of it the music is so fucking good like i literally couldn't stop playing did it because i was in a huge map area just exploring killing some people but then also just talking to a bunch of npcs 
and the music was like, I don't know, Blade Runner or something, just really beautiful soundscape that it just felt like a meditative experience. Um, I played almost three hours and it, you know, just today it just got released. Yeah. Uh, and it's perfect. It's like perfect. It's a little gory, but it's like tongue in cheek gory. None of it's, you know, it's all very pixelated graphics, so it's not super realistic. Um, what else? I had some other notes. It, it's just, obviously it's super fun cause you played the demo and, and found it that way as well. Yeah. Um, the music's great. I like the, the fallout style. Um, oh, interesting thing is like every once in a while, if you see monsters that you've, you know, an encounter, if there's NPCs near you, they'll fight with you. And I don't remember that happening much. Is there friendly fire? Like would you, if you accidentally hit somebody, will they turn hostile? No, no, no. It's more like they'll just help you out. Oh, okay. That's good. Like some monster was chasing me and some guy was there who I just talked to. Like he'd had a dialogue tree, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I ran by him and I was like, oh dude, you've got to help me. I have like no health left. I didn't say that, but you know, virtually. In your head, you were thinking it. In my head, I was thinking that. And then I rolled near him, and he started shooting the monster with me. And I was like, "Nice!" Um, and so we killed the monster, but he died. Oh, uh, shit. yeah. So I took all the stuff, but thanked him. Like, um, is he perma dead? He was like dead, dead. Oh yeah. shit! That's but rough. I, you know, he helped me in many ways. He gave me a bunch of, you know, stuff that I took off his body. I mean, isn't being in a meat shield the greatest gift someone can give? <laughs> If you're an NPC, I guess one of the reasons, <laughs> one of the things. So that was cool. There's a lot of really interesting things with um, the, the stamina works great, the melee works great. You you played the shooting, yep. Uh, yep. The, the aiming with the right analog stick feels great. Um, the, the interesting story in general, without spoiling too much, is that you're on this planet. There's a lot of meat around, which is really weird and gross. But it's not just for like being gross. There's actually a story about why all this meat is everywhere, um, and there's robot overlords and they basically you as humans are like not the dominant force. And that's a really interesting place to start an RPG. So super excited about this game. I can't stop playing it. Literally will play again till tonight until I hit a wall. But it just seems like even if I stop like with the quests, you know, in early access, yeah, yeah. there's just enough to run around the map and like level up and fight monsters and find bandits that you could play this for a while. I am really excited, man. I don't want to play this now because I, I already really like what I see, and I want it. I want the whole thing, and I don't want to stop because I'm going to get halfway through, and then I'm going to get feel real frustrated because it's going to be awesome, and I'm going to want to play more, and then I'm going to have to wait like I don't know how long for the guy who's clearly hardworking and probably really busy and exhausted to finish making the game. So I'm going to wait. But I mean, the, my my takeaway from the demo of this game. I mean, and I think I said this before, but like I saw this game like one or two years ago, whenever it was. And just from like one or two screenshots, I'm like, I need to pay attention to this. Something about this game is talking to me. And I'm glad that that panned out. And after the demo, this game seems to me like, like I said, a labor of love with people or this guy or whoever, however many people on the team. Creating a game that they actually give a shit about and like really are investing themselves in and really taking the time to craft something amazing. And it shows like every bit of it feels awesome it looks awesome it's funny it's clever it looks great like everything about it to me is just like green light all the way through i'm very very excited for this one and two things to that point about uh the labor of love obviously you know years on something like six years, years something. or something like that he's yeah, been working on yeah. it and by the way i don't oh, so okay so to that point it really feels like if fallout came out in a parallel reality yeah, reality yeah you know uh-huh. like it's like it's 
an, it's a different take on it. It doesn't feel exactly a Fallout, and the character isn't as small, you know, which I actually like. Characters bigger agreed, on screen. Agreed, yeah. So it's almost like, but yeah, it's like in that same vein, it's not copying it at all because it's a totally unique experience. And the story is really unique in the fact that, like, yes, there's robot overlords, but they. They, they do things weird and they make weird choices. You know, like, they're like, you're, we're not going to kill you, but you just can't live here. You right. know, and that's like an interesting story bit. And then you meet NPCs in the world and they're like, you know, they forgot what it feels like to be human and like to have settlements. And so they're kind of like estranged to humanity. And that's an interesting take. Um, so I think they're doing a lot of, you know, really good things that way. And then secondly, um, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't discourage people from playing early access. I know you have your own thoughts on it. Sure, that's me personally. But I mean, if you like the sound of this, like, give this guy some bucks and jump in and well, grab it. Well, the bucks would help, obviously, because he needs the bucks to, you know, keep, keep going, keep working yeah. on it. But secondly, like I said, I can't trust this enough. I'm pretty sure, like, 98% sure, with you, I've talked to him and talked to other people, that you, it's the same beginning of the game. So, like, you will start the game in almost the same way. Mm-hmm. There might be some bells and whistles, you know, here and there, but. I think that you will still have a really great experience that could last a long time. Uh, and that I don't know if he's as far. He, I don't think he's years away from finishing it. From what the updates, it looks like. I don't think it's years. So anyways, I'm just trying to tell people to pick it up because I think you could have a great time with it for even like 10 hours or maybe even more. Yeah. Yeah. Even early access. Yeah. Even I mean, even if you just consider it to be a demo, just kick in. Play it, see what it's all about. You know, wishlist it if that helps the guy. Buy it even because I mean I love it so far. I am so psyched. And if I wasn't as allergic to early access as I am, and I'm super allergic to it, you are allergic. I would jump on it like in a heartbeat. But I just I just don't roll that way. But man, when this comes out in any platform whatsoever, I'm fucking all about it, dude. There's so many interesting things I want to talk to you about, but I can't because it's spoilery. But there's some really, really cool NPC stuff that happens even early on. So anyways, high, high, highly recommend Uh, everybody go get Death Trash if you can, if you like early access and not allergic to early access. There we go. Okay, quick tangent. Is the show that you were thinking about earlier, was it 321 Contact? No, this happens every time. I bring this up in my own head and then I can't remember it. And I think I save it in a bookmark somewhere, but I don't know where the bookmark is. It's not that. I did watch that. That was and a good show, too. And now you're going to make me... I did like I'll look show. it up. I'll you got to look it up. You got to tell me, because now I want to know. Oh, my goodness. It's so good, too. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Moving on. It's you're in gonna, a bookmark. Do some research. Find the bookmark. Okay. I'm going to talk for a minute here. Uh, I just want to do a really quick circle back to Death's Door. I talked about it last episode, and I was really oh, yeah. high up on it. This is the uh, isometric action game. People want to call it a Souls-like, but I feel like it's not really a Souls-like. I feel like it's just an action game. I think we're kind of using souls too often too frequently and too generally yes, please it's, yeah it's not a souls game it's just an action game uh where you play a raven or maybe a crow probably raven who has a sword and a couple weapons and you are like a reaper you collect souls and you're in this kind of like zelda inspired isometric world where you're you know exploring the world doing some environmental puzzles you're fighting some bosses you know it's just a real straightforward kind of actiony game had a real good vibe. I love the streamlined aspect to it. Uh, if you want my further thoughts, be please go, jump back to episode 243, and you'll hear me talk all about it. So I did finish it. Finished oh, snap. It. Yep, finished it. I think like the day after we got done recording, I think I finished it. Um, and I, I still like it, but I, I got to be honest, I cooled off on it at the end for a couple of reasons, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the first reason is that the last two bosses of the game are fucking 
annoying as shit. It just oh, like, you were talking about that on Twitter. Wasn't like waves of enemies or something? Oh my god! So one of the bosses was just really annoying, and I just like I just felt like he was maybe like one notch harder than he needed to be. That was really annoying, but I got past that guy. Uh, and the final segment, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's a long sequence that you have to go through, and there's not really any checkpoints through it, and you have to basically just be perfect for like a long stretch of time, like remember all the different attacks or remember where to dodge or remember what's coming up. I mean, I got through it, but I got to say I fucking hated every minute of it. And I started really getting angry because it was just really painful and not fun and tedious and annoying. And that's why, why do you want to end your game like that? Like I had a basically great time with, with death's door all the way up until that final last little bit. And those two bosses, the one that was irritating. And then the one that's like a long sequence. Why do that? That sucks. Okay. That's a really, you know what that's like? What? Uh, that's like when you watch a movie and the third act sucks. Yeah, yeah. When they just can't stick the landing. When they just they don't can't know stick the landing. Yeah, it just, yeah. That those two bosses really soured me quite a bit. But I finished the game, and the interesting thing—I uh, don't know that this is really a spoiler—but there is actually a really significant amount of post-game content. I finished the game and I'm like, okay, well that was fun. But then they're like, wait, there's this stuff, and they give you a clue what the stuff is, and I'm like, well, I felt like I was done. I kind of got like emotionally ready to leave this game alone. I don't know that I want to jump back in for like a second quest. So I looked it up online. There's tons of stuff left to do. And then I got even more sour because I was like, you don't really talk to NPCs the first quest. You don't really do any side quests on the first quest. You kind of just like, you know, beeline towards the end, which I guess was okay because I felt like that's what the game was about. But then when I got to the end, it's like, oh, wait, there's all these other areas to explore. There's all these other people to talk to. There's all these other bosses that are there. There's all this other stuff to the story that we didn't tell you the first time. And I got to be honest with you, it kind of like made me really bitter because I was like, I wish this stuff would have been there the first time. It would have enhanced my enjoyment of the campaign because now I feel like I only played half the game, but I'm also feeling like I'm done with the game. Like, I don't really want to go back through and keep playing. I mean, it's just a weird feeling for me where I rolled credits and I felt like I was good. And then they're like, hold up. There's like this whole other chunk of stuff. But Wait. I just I want to just move on, you know? Let me let me clarify. Yeah. Um, you're saying there's extra stuff to do post game or is it like you have to play the campaign all over again no no no. it is stuff. just a continuation you just pick up exactly where you left off after you roll credits you get a special item that unlocks a thing and then it's just like all these all these people to talk to you all these bosses all these places uh, to go okay. you just keep going so you don't start over it's all pick up where you left off keep going which i mean i guess is kind of cool but at the same time i feel like if they had included some of this content in the main campaign the first time I would have liked it even more and I would have been more willing to kind of explore more of it. And I felt like the experience would have been a little bit richer because as it stands, you get a pretty streamlined, I hesitate to say bare bones, but I feel like it's a very simplistic and, and, and very polished, but, but streamlined experience. And then when you see what else is left, it's like, Oh wow. There's like all this other stuff. Why did you save all this for the end? It's a really weird feeling, really weird feeling. Maybe other yeah, people cause... disagree, but for me, hard to come back after I've rolled credits. Well, when you're saying that, I can relate because even though I didn't play it as long as you did, I remember meeting that one character was by a cemetery or something, and I felt yes. like there was more to his story. Oh, there is. Then, yeah, but oh, is there more in the campaign? After you roll credits, you will talk to that guy. There's a whole thing to do with that well, guy. Well, that's my point. That's yep. my point. When I was playing it, I almost could tell that he wasn't going to say much more. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to leave now, you know, and that's it with you. But yeah, I was interested in his story. It was very interesting. So it's weird because That's weird. like that guy, literally, I know exactly the guy you're talking about. I kept waiting for, oh, he's going to give me a side quest and then I'm going right. to find That's, out his yeah. story or I'm going to yeah. go beat a boss. 
and I'm going to get an item and it's going to be for this guy. And then he'll open up and tell me some something else and something will happen. That stuff never happens. Everybody doesn't really talk. They kind of just let's just rush you through the campaign. And then once you finish, oh, do you want to hear the backstories of all these people? Oh, do you want to spend time with these NPCs? Oh, do you want to do it? Like, it's weird. weird. And I got to say, I just it left kind of a bitter taste in my mouth. And I ended up being a lot cooler on the game than I was uh, at the beginning. And I don't know if that's right or not, but that's just how I feel. So I enjoyed it. But in hindsight, I think I enjoyed it less knowing that I was missing a bunch of stuff. Interesting. So anyway, that's Death's Door. I mean, I still recommend it. I mean, I think it's worth playing. I think it's good. But just, I guess, just know that. Like, just be mentally ready to do a second quest and be ready for those fucking irritating bosses. Yeah. So there you go. Death's Door. I don't know. I feel mixed. <laughs> Death's Door, the review. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't even know what. So anyway, Death's Door, that's it. Okay, Carlos, I'm very excited to talk about our next game. Nightbook coming to us by publisher Wales Interactive, the people who are single-handedly reviving the FMV genre, and yep. God bless them for it. Uh, Nightbook just came out recently. It is, uh, like I just said, an FMV title coming from the same people who made, I want to say, no, the not the complex, the complex, not the, the complex. complex, no, the other yeah. one, the other one. Was it the no? Complex? They made the complex. Okay, I looked it up. Yeah, what was the? What was the other one? What was the very? But they made first a couple. One? Wales Interactive. Let me look them out now because we don't do the homework. We never do our homework. Uh, developer and publisher. That's them. And their notebook. Oh, I saw Black Clouds, which we did not like. Did not enjoy. I saw Black. Clouds. Oh my gosh, they made a game called Death Trap Dungeon. I mean, it's coming up. Based it's coming on up. Death Trap Dungeon. Oh, yeah. I played that during the Xbox uh, Indie Showcase thing. They had a demo of that. They're really going to town on this stuff. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, they, they made another game that we really like. So if it's a complex, I believe you. I love the complex. complex. It is. I like yeah. the complex. So that was like, got me really hyped because I thought the complex was great. This is Nightbook. It is an FMV uh, video game about you play the role of, what was her name? Melissa? That's not right. Whatever her name I is. I don't it's remember. Lady. It's a lady. She's pregnant and she's an interpreter, which I thought was so cool because I am also an interpreter. So that was great. Uh, she is at home. With her dad, her dad's got some issues, and her husband is off doing hotel development in some tropical island somewhere, and then shit goes weird. I don't know how much we want to spoil about this. I mean, we probably don't want to spoil too much, but of course, it's a horror game, so scary things happen, and you play through in regular FMV style, where they'll you know, play some scenes, you'll get a choice of like A or B, you make your choice, and then the story branches off, and you kind of play through it. So um, let's just, that's the basic premise. Carlos, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, I know you like these just the way that I like these. What did you think of Nightbook? Well, before I get started, I'm going to do a little uh, mini prologue. Okay. And say, um, I was recently on Twitter talking about my time with the game. Okay. And I was tweeting uh, Fallon Bowman, who used to be in this band called Kitty, one of my favorite like metal bands. Mm-hmm. And now she's doing a project called Amphibious Assault. Shout out to Fallon Bowman. Everybody go check out her new, it's like electronic rock music. It's fucking awesome. Cool. Anyway, so I was talking to her about the ending on Twitter, uh, or the ending that I got, and we were like, you know, like lamenting over making bad choices Mm -hmm. in these games, Mm -hmm. because she said it's on brand for her to have like a bad ending. (laughs) And I feel like that's what happened with me, because even with the complex, I feel like I did something where... It, uh, it's uh, I made all the choices that I would make as a person, you know, like I, right. I told the truth, I, you know, things that I would do and want my character to do. Right. But then I always felt like I got screwed somehow. Like I, I should have made a choice that went against my own feelings. 
And I felt like that in the complex, and I also felt like that in Nightbook. Because, again, maybe post-podcast we can spoil it. Sure, uh, sure. The yeah, ending we're not going to spoil here, but, yeah, we can talk about it afterwards. Yeah, and so I just feel like the same thing happened with me where, you know, this flash forward into the ending. I, I got an ending that was semi-satisfying but with some really bad results. So um, that's the ending. So the actual game experience, this game is short. Like, Very short, about an hour. Yeah, it's super short. I, th- I was kind of in for the long haul this time because we had played them before, and I feel like the complex took me a few hours, maybe? At least three or four, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you play as this woman who's pregnant for, in my opinion, no reason. What? Like, maybe the actress was pregnant. You well, know, you know, when I a man and a woman see. come together, Carlos, you know, things happen. I know right? that's how it works. I mean, I was told. Someone told me once. <laughs> but no, seriously, I don't. Uh, you could. I don't think you could argue that. There's no real. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see a reason why she has to be pregnant. And if anything, it only made me feel like more uncomfortable. So I guess that's good. I mean, I think that's a, you know, you you feel you scare. I mean, there is. I mean, uh, I think there is a reason. You probably didn't see it though, because this game has like 15 different endings. Oh right. So maybe one ending is yeah, yeah. has to do. With one that. of the okay. endings I got did involve that. Oh, that's right. You play like this many times so you can get all the endings. There's like a lot of endings, though, in this game. I remember yes, seeing that. Yes. So in general, though, what do I feel about the game? I love the fact that there was but an interpreter. I feel like I lived, learned about your world a little. <laughs> it's because, pretty faithful. It's pretty good. Oh, because what's crazy, and I had no idea, which, of course, you know, and our listeners might not know, unless you played Nightbook, when you interpret, uh, interpret, 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 stuff language you can do it at the same time someone's talking simultaneous yes and that seems crazy to me like obviously they have to like turn the volume down on one of you right exactly yeah yeah it seems so crazy to see that but that secondly which i think is a pro tip for people playing this game you don't always interpret stuff exactly as it should be interpreted yes you sometimes what's it called translate translate which is actually in my mind when i saw the two choices i was like that's the same thing this is super interesting this is this is the point at which i kind of fell in love with this game a little bit because this is super like interpreter nerd shit and i'm going to just talk about this for a second dude because the the game does not fucking explain it at all which i kind of thought was shitty but i also kind of respected because it's like (laughs) this is like a real life thing so here's the difference right uh an interpreter is a person who takes one language and they know the culture of both languages. They know the languages both, both you know, on an expert level. So they're able to take the meaning of the first language and deliver an approximate or you know appropriately close message in the second language, right? So it's not taking word for word. You're hearing what they're saying. You're taking the meaning, the gist of it, the the points of what is being communicated, and then you communicate that in the second language. Translation is when you exactly literally word for word translate what is being said so you follow word for word even sometimes um you might want to change a little bit to make sure that it's making sense and it's culturally appropriate but you are you're basically just saying what did they say i am saying the exact same thing in this other language now that seems like maybe the exact same thing but there is leeway when you are an interpreter you can add more um context you can change the way that things are phrased and sometimes you have more control over how that message is delivered when you are translating uh, usually it's like with text or something like that, where it's just like a one for one. But it's you're you're much more limited in how you can express that, and it's more strict and more precise. So those are two different skills. Um, and I was really kind of like laughing, and I felt like it was crazy that the game 
decided to like throw that at the player without even fucking explaining even one second of that. And I think most people think those things are exactly the same. Right. But they, to, to their credit, they do explain it for a hot second yes, where yes. your boss in the game, you're, you're playing as the woman character and your boss is like, Hey, you don't always want to, what you just said, uh, interpret something. You might want to translate it. You might yes, want to actually yes. change it up. And then she does, you know, if you choose that option, she does that in the game. And it's actually, this game's like, you know, educational. It kind of is. It kind of, that's crazy. It kind of is. It really is. And then it's also spooky and creepy and weird. Um, so yeah, so I love that aspect, uh, just because again, learning about what you do and what people do, um, it's awesome. Secondly, uh, I thought it was too short, like I alluded to earlier, um, just because it was an interesting world and they brought me into this like, uh, mythos and folklore yeah, yeah. and all this kind of different stuff going on. And they keep teasing the idea that your husband is far away and, and there's this island and there's this kind of stuff and people and culture, but Again, there's many probably multiple endings and see more of that, but I just feel like I would have liked a little bit more time to, you know, deep dive into that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also it, it makes some of the kind of moments and climactic moments feel rushed, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, yes. especially the ending, which yes. again I can't talk about, but my ending was like, Oh, now this is happening. <laughs> and that's it. And I was like, Okay, I guess it's over. Um, and then secondly I'll say, or thirdly, I don't know what number I'm on. Um, the husband is a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't think they did a good job of casting, in my opinion, because he's not likable at all. And I don't know if you're supposed to like. They give you a lot of choices, and this is not spoiling anything, but they give you a lot of choices with him because he's your husband. But I feel like because he's not like likable, I don't know how anybody would like want to make him feel better. Um, that's just my little mini hot take because I thought he was just a dick the whole time and I couldn't believe anything coming out of his mouth. And so I was like, well, I'll never make a choice that helps you out. Yeah. Yeah. I hear yeah. You. you know? Yeah. I agree with all that. I mean, the husband is a weird character because you don't know much about your relationship when you're starting the game. So you're kind of just assuming, I mean, do we have a good relationship? Do you have a bad relationship? Is he trustworthy? Is he not? You know, like you just don't know. And it's kind of hard to tell because sometimes he seems like he's maybe going to be okay, but then he gets like super douche in the next, the next breath and it's like well yeah in the no, next wait. half yeah. second yeah exactly yeah. it's weird so that's strange um so i agree with everything you said absolutely i thought this game was short and although i do really like short games in general i felt like this one could have gone longer and i have to wonder was it curtailed like because of covid or something like did they you know were they uh, on a restricted shooting schedule or you know was budget cut in half because of covid for some reason i don't know i just was wondering if like maybe the life situation had to do with how short this game was, mm. or maybe they just meant it to be that short. I don't know. It definitely does feel like it, it should go longer. I thought for sure, like you said, we were going to see more of the culture, more of the island, more of the husband. Um, but you don't really touch on that too much, which is strange. Um, and as far as I can tell, there's only two major branches. There's lots and lots of little branches, but there's only two major branches that I could tell. So I kind of was thinking there might be more, but apparently not. What I do like about this game what I really like about this game is I feel like the performances are all really good. They've got a couple of actors who I actually recognized. Um, there's one guy who I don't know what his real name is, uh, but in this game, he is a person who owns a book and he's been on TV and stuff. So I recognize that guy. He did a great job. And really everybody in this game, I feel like does a really great job. Um, good performances, like, you know, believable performances. And I, the thing that we, neither one of us has talked about yet is the way that this game is presented is super slick. So what happens is the entire game, is as if you are looking at a PC screen. 
So you right. see like your toolbar on one side and you're getting lots of like little webcam feeds popping up on your main screen. So the whole thing is like you're watching, you know, from some kind of like little like electronic switchboard where you're seeing all these different pictures pop up and you're able to see different things like in your house going on at the same time. You can focus on different parts of the story without actually having to walk over there. It's a really cool conceit that like lets the developers show you multiple things in very short order to kind of like move the story along without you having to like, you know, oh, I got to walk to the next room and what's going on over here. And like you just you just see what's happening. And I thought it was just really slick, really well done, really clean. I thought the production values were really good. Sound was good. Uh, the video was good. And a lot of the little special effects they did, I thought were really good. So overall, I was really pleased with like how it looked and like how it played. Very like attractive kind of a title. So I thought from that perspective, it was pretty good. I mean, you agree? Yeah. And by the way, that was um, a complaint in another game that was a, a FMV game, but it's a, a positive in this game. What was that game that I talked about where I got it and you were like, no, you shouldn't buy it. You are not going to like it. And then I goes, oh, I don't like it. And it was about a woman who comes home and she's like looking at her computer screen and she could see her reflection in the computer screen. And it's a full motion video game. Was it I Saw Black Clouds? It wasn't that one? No, no. No, what was it? Remember, it was by, I don't know, I'm not going to remember. But We're not going to remember. It was that same, it was that same kind of thing where the, the character's looking at their computer screen. And that's what she's doing in this one. But this one, like to your, to your point, is done well. Like it's done very well. Yeah, it's really um, good. I love the way they did it. Because they, they even bring in like Skype windows and it just feels believable. Like, so that's almost like the my two hot takes or takeaways is that I like the interpreter thing and I like the presentation. Like, I think yeah. that's like my favorite part of the whole thing. And like you said, I, I also think all the acting is well done. Um, one of the girls is from uh, Women's from Complex. Yes, I love seeing her come yeah. back. Yeah, and she was, cool. she has that kind of funniness to her, like a comedic element almost. I dig her. Um, so I dig it. Again, weirdly, normally I like these to be short, but this one felt like story-wise it didn't line up. Little it should have been longer. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like my ending, but again, I'm not really good with going back and playing them often because they, they want you to. Yeah. I see. Though, but, so that's kind of my complaint, like literally what you just said, because I don't like to replay games really either, but this was so short. I mean, I think I finished my first run. I want to say it was like, 50 minutes or something like that right i'm like okay even for me that's pretty short right and as you get to the end of the game once you finish it's like you've got ending one out of 15 so they tell you right off the bat and then they show yeah. you these pictures of like how you did and you did like this thing three out of five and this other thing two out of five and this thing five out of five so it tells you there's more to find and i think overall there's like i don't know 486 scenes or something and it's like oh you've seen 22 out of 400 scenes so like there's clearly more to see right so i'm like okay cool the ending i got kind of like you it was i guess you kind of a, kind of a good ending but also some bad stuff happened so i wasn't super satisfied I always want to get the best ending because i'm a gamer and that's what we do god damn it um <laughs> so i went back to play replay and i did all different choices right i did everything i did the opposite of what i did the last time just to see what would happen um and it didn't branch off too much there was one major branch which was cool um, and I enjoyed seeing that stuff. But as for the rest of it, it didn't really change that much. So it feels like overall, once I've been through it a couple of times, the scope of it was maybe not mm. as large as I was thinking. And when I got to the ending, it was more or less the same ending that I got the first time, despite the fact that I made a bunch of different choices. So I was like, OK, cool. I still like this game. Had a lot of fun the first time, maybe slightly less fun the second time. But I'm not going to go play through it like 13 more times to see the right. endings. And I don't exactly know like where I should make a different choice to see something different. So I, I finished it twice and I'm like, okay, good. I, I, I'm ending like on a high note and I'm just going to walk away. So 
here's my constructive criticism to the developer if they're listening is that yeah again we like the presentation we like the acting um i think a lot of stuff that they're doing in general is is right and right on you know basically you said pushing the whole um art form forward right of this style again bringing it back and also pushing it forward but the constructive criticism is like instead of doing the gamey thing where like you got one of 15 just make it a little longer and make the endings wildly different yeah. Because then, again, like me, I would finish the game once and be like, like a Skyrim or some other RPG where there's an immersive experience. We would tell each other stories. You know, I'd be like, what did you do? What happened yeah. to you? Oh, yeah. I ended up on the island. You know, how'd you do that? Well, that's it. That was how I yeah. my character did it. Those moments so, are great. Yes. I think that's just the way that I would love these games to go. And right now they're doing the, oh, what's it called? Detroit? become human style yes, yes yes which is like oh go back and get like one of 95 different things you could have done and i'm like no unless it's like totally changing the story um well you yeah. know one thing that's really interesting about this particular game is because you know like you said this is from the same people as the complex and i don't know about you but i finished the complex maybe i want to say maybe three times and every time i finished the complex every ending was like wildly different like super different so it kind of made me it made me excited to go back and play because every time i did something it was like oh shit i had no idea that was going to happen that's crazy and then i'd come back and do it again oh shit this is also crazy but in a totally different way more crazy like that's great like i love super different but to me it was kind of disappointing that i got basically the same ending both times despite making wildly different choices so that to me kind of killed any desire to keep going but overall I, i enjoyed it though i still think it was good liked it i just kind of wish it was you know like you said longer maybe a little bit more diverse maybe like wider differentiation in the endings or maybe i just didn't make the right choices maybe some of those endings are pretty cray cray but i just i didn't see them yeah and by the way that is right about the complex because i remember my ending we talked about the ending or something and mine was quite different than yours and yeah and it was pretty jarring the ending that happened again without spoiling anything but it, it involved like a shooting and stuff and oh, i was yeah, like oh my dude. goodness oh yeah that's like wildly not what i expected to happen so, um, that, again, that's just like movie making, right? Like, again, sticking the landing maybe or something. But e- even with all that and the constructive criticism, I'm still a fan of theirs. And I still want to play every new game. And I want more FMV. So. Yeah. Yeah. And even with all the stuff we said, I mean, I think I would still recommend this game. I honestly would. I think it was fun yeah, to go through. I love the premise of it. I love the performances. It's a really high quality game. Um, you know, maybe not their best one, but I think it was still really good. And I enjoyed it. So for what it is, I think it's very good, and I would I would recommend it. Yeah, especially for the educational thing alone. Oh my goodness! Oh man, I was learning geeking about out so fucking hard, dude. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is like my <laughs> life right here. This is I know. So I was cool. thinking about you playing, going like, oh my goodness, they're really doing this. They're really doing this. Yes, that they're going to talk about what I do. It was very cool. I was very I was very stoked. So anyway, all right. So that is Nightbook. Let me talk really quickly about a couple couple games here, and then we're going to finish big big finish here. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about Eldest Souls. Uh, number one, I take issue with any game these days who put souls in their title because we all see you and we all know what you're doing. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Just do your own thing. Do not put souls in your fucking title because you're just trying to cash in on somebody else's success. Please stop. This is a top-down 2D indie game where you play a character who has a big sword and you show up on an island and the island is ruined because of, I don't know, demons or spirits or whatever. Something's going wrong on this island. It's basically a boss rush combat game. And I love the idea of a boss rush, which means there's not really much to the game. It's just like boss after boss after boss after boss. That's a cool 
concepts to me. But I got to be honest with you, there are very few boss rush games which I find are done well. Um, I find most of the time they're too hard. They want the player to like repeat uh, those bosses too many times because, um, you know, it's it's hard to make a bunch of bosses. And most of these games are largely pretty short. Like if you're good at them, you can whip through them in like an hour. And like, you know, developers don't want you to finish the game in an hour. So they make it really tough. And that's okay if it's fair. But most of the time, I feel like the developers kind of go too crazy on these. And they, they end up being a little bit too hard for my taste. So I haven't found many boss rush games that I like. But I still like the idea. So that's what drew me to this one. I hate this game. I really dislike this game a lot. I knew that was coming somehow. I hate this I game. I knew it. Um, no disrespect to anybody. I'm sure that the developers are great people. I'm sure we'd enjoy each other's company if we were hanging out in an afternoon. But this game, ugh, nothing about it is good to me. And I just really hate it. Here's why. It's uh, top down. You, your, your character moves really slow. And you have like this sword that you can attack with. And it's like there's not much to the combat. Like What you have to do is you, you attack three times. That builds up enough energy for you to do a big hit. You do your big hit, and then you dash away. That's what you do for most of the game. And I didn't get very far, to be fair. To be perfectly honest, all cards on the table. I felt like this game was way too hard. But not just because it was hard-hard, but because your character moves really slow. I feel like it's uh, like the enemies do too much damage. There's too many AoE attacks. And it's really hard to tell where the hitboxes are. So like, you know, it's hard to tell where you're standing to be safe. And where you're standing that you're going to get hit by an enemy. Oh, that's the I just, worst. Yeah, it's like the, the controls were mushy. I, I thought it was safe, and then I get hit. And then I think I'm okay over here, and I still get hit. And it's like it's hard to tell where you're okay. And I just got really frustrated because I just felt like it wasn't very crisp. It wasn't very cleanly done. With a game like this where you're, you're, you're asking a player to perform at a very high level with a very difficult boss. And all these bosses are fucking just like marathons, dude. Like even the first one <sighs> felt like it just took forever to fucking kill him. And I'm like, this is way too long. I don't want to be fighting this boss for 15 minutes, taking off one pixel of health every time I hit him. It's just like it just wore me out. And I did like the way it controlled. I didn't think it was really well done in terms of production. Like it wasn't tight. It wasn't crisp. It didn't feel like, you know, like in a, in a, in a good Souls game. When you get hit, you should feel like it's your fault. And you should feel like, I should have dodged better. I shouldn't have gone for the big hit. I should have gone for the little hit. Like, you should feel like it's your fault. In this game, I did not feel like it's my fault. I'm like, nope, that game, I should have dodged. And they hit me anyway. I should have right. hit him. It missed. That's not fair. I don't it's like, like reaction skills. time versus, you know, your actual input or something. Yeah, right? it, just, it just sucks to, like, be fighting a boss for, like, 10 minutes. Like, literal 10 minutes. You almost get him. You think you're standing in a safe spot. He does some, like, AoE attack. You think you're safe, so you don't dodge. And then he hits you. And it's like, that shouldn't have hit me. So, fuck. I do not enjoy that experience. I do not enjoy Eldest Souls. I didn't get very far. I don't like this game. And it's funny because I went to go see some reviews after I played it. This game is getting, like, really good reviews. And I gotta be I gotta be honest, I think these people are lying. I think they're lying because people who review Souls games never like to admit that they're too hard or that they have trouble with them because that makes them, like, what, less of a man or something? Oh, my goodness. That it's goes the back get to good the get thing. good yes, thing. Yes, yeah. it's the get good thing. I swear you put that? souls in your title. It like bulletproofs you against reviews because people will not say that it's too hard. They will just like, oh, I got to get good. I got to keep playing this. You know, like they do it. Dude, you know what it's like? I just thought of when we were talking about it and yeah. I actually, it's, it goes together with like what Tesla was saying. When you say get good in that way, especially G I T G U D, I hear like, um, that guy from home improvement <laughs> just start gr yeah, grunting. The yeah. The <laughs> Tim Allen guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Tim Allen. That's what it feels like. It's like yes. they go into a little group or like Joe Rogan, throw him in there, you know, oh, like, fuck, yes. Oh, alpha brain, alpha brain. Uh, gotta get good. 
it does feel like that same thing, which is fucked. Yeah, so. it's really fucked. So anyway, I feel like, I mean, I'm not trying to call anybody out here, but I feel like the reviews are being way too nice to this game. And from a production standpoint, I felt like it was just really subpar. Very frustrating experience. Did not care for it. So Eldest Souls uh, did not like. One more thing to talk about here. Dreamscaper. Carlos, Ooh. you know. Oh, are you looking at this? Have you seen it? Well, I know. I just like I had to make like a, 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 a explanation, exclamation. Because it just was came up on my Steam, oh, okay. and it looked really, really cool. And I feel like I talked about it on the podcast a long time ago. It's possible. It's very possible. Um, so this is a kind of an isometric roguelike. It is an action, real-time action-based roguelike. Uh, roguelike, you say? Never mind. Yes. I, I heard the brake screeching over in Continue. your neck of the woods there. <laughs> yes. You play a girl who I guess is having emotional problems or something like the The game is kind of vague about it. Like you start off and you get these clues about like she's moved out on her own. Um, like in the in the overworld, in the normal world, you're going to these different places and she's like, oh, I should work on myself and I should calm down and I should be better with money. And that's like the overworld. So you go to these different locations, you go to a park, you go to a bar, you go to like the library, whatever, something like that. But then when you go to bed. Um, you, it's actually a pretty cool effect. Like you lay down in your bed, but then you sink through the bed and you go into like a dream world. And that's where the roguelike action takes place. And there are elements from the real world. Like some of the levels that you're fighting in look like a house or a, a street or like a movie theater or something. So you're clearly getting like elements of her real world kind of bleeding into the dream world. Um, but I gotta say, I didn't find that the story was like super clear. Like it wasn't really super, you know, Obviously, she's upset. There's some, some turmoil going on, but I didn't, you know, don't have a lot of the details. Maybe that is revealed as you keep going. But what this ends up being is a real time roguelike where you are dashing, running, dodging, blocking, um, shooting a projectile, using a sword to swipe things. And as you go through, uh, it's like divided room by room, and you, you find enemies, you find resources. And when you get back to the real world, you can create new things that will show up in the game. So, like, let's say, for example, you collect a bunch of money. In the roguelike aspect, you go back to the real world and you say, oh, I'd like to, I don't know, work on a new sword or something. So you like you put the sword in your dream next time you can find it as you go through uh, the game. Um, you can also change up your loadout, which I think is pretty cool. I like that a lot. There's a lot of permanence in this game, which I think is really good. So you can um, permanently level up things. You can permanently unlock things. Lots of things to work towards, which I think is great. I think that's a good design. It's a, a modern design for roguelike, so I like that a lot. Uh, I think it controls pretty good. The controls are, are, are you know, comfortable. Character does what I wanted to do when uh, I wanted to do it. Combat is nice because the weapons all feel pretty different. You know, it feels very different from having a baseball bat as opposed to boxing gloves, as opposed to, uh, I think I had a super soaker at one time, which I thought was pretty fun. Oh, weird. Um, you know, like a laser gun and stuff like that. So, like, that's all really neat and fun, and I think that's all really well done um, from that aspect. Uh, the only... The only thing that I, it's weird because as I'm talking about it, I'm like, this game basically does everything right. Like a lot of really smart choices. A lot of the things I'd like to see in a roguelike are here. I feel like it's good. I feel like this is a really well done game, but for some reason, it's just not like grabbing me. And I think maybe part of it is because I don't really connect with the character that well. I wish we had gotten a little bit more about her so I could care more about her as a character. Also the art style, I got to say, I don't really care for um, all the characters are kind of like low poly. And you don't really notice that when you're playing the game because you're just in a dungeon, like running and jumping and dodging. That's fine. You can't even notice. But when you're in the real world and you get a closer look at her, her face is just like flat. It's just like skin colored, but there's no eyes. Oh, there's no yeah, nose. Yeah, that's style. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like, it's weird, but it's kind of pushing me away. Like everybody in the game is, looks like that, which 
is strange, but it, it feels like it just kind of dehumanizes them a little bit, and I feel like less connected to them. You know what that is? It's that they don't have the artist for that. Like literally, you know, coming yeah. from studios and stuff. It's like they had uh, engineers, they had music, they had right. all this stuff. Yeah. And they just have the person who did like that style. Um, yeah. So they just kind of went with a more simple look. Yeah. By the way, I had to say something real quick. Yeah. Why I made that exclamation is because I did know about this game years ago. Uh, I think it's been in development for a while. Okay. I think I played an early access version. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did now. And I remember liking it because it was all the things you just said. I generally don't like roguelikes, but I like this because it has a lot of permanence. And I also like it because I love lucid dreams. And okay. that's what they're alluding to yeah. is that yeah. she's yeah. going into a lucid dream and can like obviously do stuff in there, uh, which is what you do in a lucid, real lucid dream. You can control your dreams. Exactly. Uh, Asterix, look that up on Google if you don't know about it. So yeah, I think that that's why I originally liked it. And again, checking all the boxes for me because I like permanence. I like action melee type stuff. Um, but I can see what you mean about the style. It is kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because like, like literally everything in this game does is good. Like I like the choices. I like the design. It's smart. Like it's it's checking all my roguelike boxes, right? But I just like the art is really important to me, and I feel like the art is kind of letting me down a little bit. And I will say also, I'm playing it on the Switch. I mean, it's fine on the Switch. It doesn't look great. Like, I mean, I I, I have to imagine it would be a lot sharper and a lot more attractive on a PC. Um, yeah. I'm not going to play it on PC, but playing it on Switch, it's just kind of like it's got this kind of like undefined, kind of generic kind of look to it. Like, it's not a snappy look. It's not a very eye catching look. Like it's a it's a kind of generic. Nothing about it really stands out. Like it's not ugly. It gets the job done, but you're not gonna walk away saying, "Oh my god, that that monster looks so awesome," or like, "Oh, that weapon looked amazing." Like it kind of just has a very vague, generic. Like th I think the art is what's letting this game down. But I think in other terms, it's really making a lot of good choices. It plays well. It's smart. I like it, but I just I just kind of wish like it was grabbing me a little bit more. Like like creatively or aesthetically. Interesting. Uh, as the more we talk about, it, the more I look at it on the website, the more it seems like it is the roguelike for me. So it might be, dude. It very well might yeah, be. Yeah, because we've been trying to find this on the podcast. I don't know how many episodes where a roguelike that I would enjoy, a roguelike that we would both enjoy. I think it was Death's Door, right? Oh, we that's not roguelike. No, though. that's, that's not a roguelike. Oh, yeah. I don't know it's if we found one, but this might be the one that I like. You should check it out. I mean, if you can get it on a good sale, check it out. Because I think it's a really good game. Like, I don't want to shit talk it at all. I think it's a good game. I just I just wish the art was stronger, like sharper and more more eye-catching, more more distinct. It's got just it just looks really vague and generic, and I think it's kind of bumming me out. But like actually playing it and the systems it has are all really good. So I think it's good from that aspect. Um, so again, kind of mixed on that. Uh, but I overall, you know, it's a good game. And also, I think I'm looking at the website. I think there's four people that worked on it. So small team makes sense. Yeah, yeah, small team makes sense. All right. So that is Dreamscaper. I hate to sound so lukewarm on it, but because I think it's really good. But man, I do kind of feel lukewarm on it. So well, you know I'm I mean? writing it down. And yeah, check it, be out. check it out. Because everybody has their own, you know, subjective opinion. I'm going to bring it to the show again later. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, check it out. I think I think it's a good mm. one. I think it's a good one. All right, dude. I'm going to turn it over to you. We're going to be talking about the ascent for our big finish. Wait, before we get to the finish. Uh, yes. I remember the show. Oh, what is it? The show that we were talking about earlier yes. is called, and like eight people are going to know it. It's called Read All About It. Read and I believe it was a Canadian series that was broadcast in the US. And it's one of my favorite shows ever. And I'll tell you really quickly about it. 
is the tangent. Okay. The music, by the way, is like so spooky. It it was the original kind of Twin Peaks. I feel like, I feel like when oh, I watch it dude. early, I had, yes, you know the show? yes. I, I've only seen like one or two episodes, but I totally remember it. I'm looking at a clip of it right now. So it's got this song like "Read All About yeah, It," and yep, when yep, it, yep. when it does a song and when it finishes, this is just the you know the opening theme song. It like finishes on this really creepy music, and it's a mystery. Like it's a really weird mystery. And there's robots. There's robots in it, right? Yeah, so the, there's kids and there's this house or like I don't know some sort of house that they take over, and inside it there's a typewriter that talks and a computer that talks, and well the typewriter talks by printing out stuff, right? And again, years ahead of its time, like yes, this is yes, in the seventies yes. or something, late seventies probably, and yeah, they're like teaching the kids, so there's like this simple kind of educational element, but there's also a really weird fucking element in the fact that. Uh, there's a different dimension that they go to, and their uncle, I think, I believe, was the person who like left in this house, and he's trapped in another dimension. Yes, 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 yes. And then they have to go to other dimensions and like do puzzles and stuff. And then again, it teaches kids shit in the you know different dimension. But then it's also creepy as shit because they like one of them the the rooms the girl gets trapped in. She's like, oh, I'm gonna die in here. Yeah. But like no, I did this puzzle and I got out, and you're like you're really worried for them, you know. This is uh, a good the, show, dude. I'm glad you brought this up because oh, I remember so it was fucking good. It was hard for me to find it. I think I saw it on PBS or something, but I could never figure out when it was on. And this is back in the day when you couldn't DVR or anything, you couldn't stream anything. You just had to watch it when it was on. I didn't see it often, but I do. I do very clearly remember the show. Yes. So on YouTube, they do have like I think I'm gonna say it only ran one season. But they have the whole season. Oh shit! I just, I just have it. No, there is two seasons. Holy shit! I didn't see the second season, which means that's what I'm doing later. I'm gonna watch this tonight with my kid. Just YouTube, read all about it series. <clears throat> that's the actual name of the YouTube channel. And so someone did a labor of love wow. and uploaded all these uh, episodes. The originals, you can tell it's not, it's good quality. Sometimes people are all right, you know. Sometimes they're fucking sometimes scum, people sometimes are all right. right. So go watch season uh, one, episode one later on with your kid. It is a treat. It's weird. It gets weirder. Just when you think it can't get weirder, it gets weirder. Um, And I think it's just awesome. So there it is. Yes. It it literally got me into Twin Peaks because before Twin Peaks even existed, this show did. Yes. And it just has that feel of like something's off. I can see that for sure. Man. Okay. Wait, wait. Quick tangent. Did we ever talk about the TV show called Ghosts on this show? Did we talk about that? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Okay. While we're talking about this, this is not, not Ghost related. Rider. No, no, no. Just Ghosts. It's a Ghosts. brand new show. It's uh, it's on the BBC. You were talking about this, and the weirdness of it made me think of Ghosts. We just watched uh, the whole series. Um, it's a BBC British show um, from the same people who did Horrible Histories. That whole troupe of actors is doing this show again. I, I'm sure all of my British listeners know the show. Apparently, it won a bunch of awards and is pretty famous over there. Hmm. Nobody American has heard of it. But what it is, is it's uh, a couple buys a house this old or they inherit a mansion and they go they're gonna like buy they're gonna renovate it and like turn it into b&b but the the lady the wife of the couple she falls and hits her head and it gives her the power to see ghosts and there's like this house has been in this english countryside for like you know whatever thousands of years it's also like including the grounds and stuff so like she's able to see all of the ghosts who have ever died on this property over like the last two thousand years and they become like friends and they all have these weird quirks and they talk to her and she's the only person who can see them. It is like the best show. It's so funny and weird. And there's a lot of like super really heartfelt moments. And it's just like the cast is great. Like everything about it is just like really, really awesome. I love that show. 
Everybody British who's listening, I'm sure loves it as well. Check it out. Ghosts is super, super good. I love that show. Cool. Is it like a little funny too, or is it just It is very creepy? funny. No, no. It's not a little oh. bit creepy, really funny, a lot of heartwarming, uh, just like weird stuff. It's just, it's a perfect blend of everything. It's just like the best show. Nice. Anyway. Check it out. There's check it two, out. Two things to check out. There we or go. Or read all about it. In no, the middle no, of nowhere. Okay. Now, back to the ascent. I don't know how we got on that, but here's the ascent. Ooh. Hard, hard left tangent there. We're Sorry, it's just been a tangent-filled show. Steering yeah. it back. Okay, so The Ascent. Carlos, you were excited for this. I was excited about this. It hit Game Pass. Are you playing on Game Pass or PS5? Yeah, Game Pass. I think it's okay, only Game Pass. Game Pass? Is it I don't exclusive? Know. Is it? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, it's Steam and uh, Xbox. I want to say it's only both of those. I'm wrong. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. It's, it's out Who there. knows? It's out in the It's world. out there. This is I'm a, playing it on Game Pass. Game Xbox. Pass. Okay. Top-down, isometric... Uh, cyberpunk twin stick kind of a shooter thing uh you know that kind of like dystopian future um and yeah i was really excited i didn't know a lot about it i saw a couple trailers the style was really awesome i could totally go for something like this so i was very stoked when it hit game pass i jumped in carlos you jumped in and i would love if you would tell us all about it yeah and uh, i'd love to hear what you're gonna say too uh it's action shooter rpg they call it action shooter rpg uh, twin stick shooter for sure. Like it's right analog stick. Oh yeah. Oh, aiming yeah. all day. Uh, most of the game is shooting. There is some melee abilities, but basically, if you're thinking about buying this game, it's a shooter. Like your your main weapons are guns. So maybe missile launchers, things like that. But you're not like I thought you might be able to like RPG melee build no, a character. You are you are twin stick shooting. You're that's, a twin that's what you're stick doing. shooter shooter. So. Yeah, the graphics are amazing. I'll just start off right there. Yes, they are. I saw that in the trailers. We all looked at them. We were thinking, wow, that's really great. It reminds me of that one game that was just shown off at E3 that we both liked. can't remember the name of it, but it was like pixelated graphics kind of, but it looked amazing. Um, I love that one. That one looks great. Whatever the game that was. <laughs> but this this game does some of the same things. It's not pixelated, but it's uh, you know it's kind of looking at, at, at like landscapes from afar in yes. a way. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the character is a little bit smaller. Uh, in your, you know, the traditional Diablo style type games. Yes. But what's amazing about this game that I'll start off with, besides the graphics looking just beautiful, Be- light very beautiful. blooming, ray tracing. I'm watching I'm, on my Xbox Series X. It's just stunning. It's like stunning. And, you know, there's like a cyberpunk aesthetic that they just nail. Um, what, what's really great, and I've not seen this like in many games, is it's a fixed camera. Yes. Isometric. Yes. But they move it so beautifully. It's like butter because they move it when they need to move it and you just accept it. You know? You got no because choice. you have no choice, but they kill it. You know what I mean? It's like if it's a director, then they've been directing the hell out of this shit because they, you'll be walking by a building and they'll show you the top of the building in your point of view with like a little, like something going on up there. And just to show you it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so cool how they do that. And then when they switch it to straight 2D, which they'll do that sometimes, it makes perfect sense. Like, not once. And I'm almost at the ending of the game because I've fucking been playing this game. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not once have they fucked up the camera. Like, it's, like, amazing. It looks like great. Presentation is off the hook here. Presentation off the hook. 11, 12 out of 10. Um, the There's going to be a butt here, though, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I say the playability, like if you just take it that way, 
like super fun. Like the shooting always feels great. Yes. Um, the right analog stick just feels amazing. Any upgrades you get makes sense. And, uh, you know, it just feels great. It feels great to, to, to get into a firefight. You almost like are always looking for one. Right? Weren't you the same way? You're like, oh yeah, I was. I'll, I'll shoot any dude. You step to me, I'm happy to pull out my guns Let's and start go. shooting. Let's do it. To that point, though, and this is kind of a caveat, negative in a way, you kill a lot of innocent people in this game, <laughs> and you don't mean to, but they're just everywhere. They are just and in the way. They're in the way, and you start twin stick shootering, which is not a thing that people say, and yeah, you just start taking people out. Now, for some reason. You do it a lot, and you take out randoms, and then they're okay. You know, everything's fine with it. It's just part of the deal. But every once in a while, you kill someone who's like a civilian, and this little lady gets in the radio and says, man, you can't do that shit. Did you get that? I don't think I've ever had that happen. Oh, my goodness. She did that a lot to me. You must have been very bad. I think I was bad shooting. You but were no. very anti-civilian. <laughs> well, when you later on, you get grenade launchers and stuff, and I leveled the shit out of my upgrade. Oh, I don't know how to say words. I leveled the upgrade out of my shit. Nope. I leveled the shit out of my... There you uh, go. Yeah. Weapon. Yes. And I was just blowing up like city blocks. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. So friendly fire. Yes. Friendly fire is going to happen. And another thing I love about this game, these are all these positives. Yes. They use uh, physics. And it really makes the world feel more real. Don't you agree? In what way do they use physics? I didn't really notice that, but what do you... Oh, my goodness. So anytime you kill an enemy, it stays on the ground. And if you walk by it, you can knock it with your feet. To me, that does a lot because in most video games, because of resources, you know, I know how games run, they're just going to disappear the body when it's gone. Right, right. right. They don't do that in general. Like, every once in a while it happens, but most of the time, if you walk past a trash can, it... It, it rolls like a trash can and it stays where it is. It doesn't like disappear. If you smash like a building apart, like things will fall out and lots of times they'll just stay there. So, and also with enemies, I've killed like tons of enemies or robots and the robot parts just like pile up. Hmm. And I don't know if you noticed that, but like I'm a sucker for that kind of like physics stuff. And it just makes the world, I think, feel more real. Hmm. I, I really, I, really like that. I now that you're mentioning it, I'm like, yes, I did recall that. But I got to say at the time, I didn't uh, it didn't stick with it, with me that much. But I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that is all yeah I just go looking for it because I'm always the guy who like tries to fuck with physics. You make the funny videos and stuff. Too. I make the funny videos, but then they usually disappear. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, you yeah. can't do that. Um, the other thing I was going to say is the story, weirdly enough, didn't grab me. Mm, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. OK, I think you would think that same thing. And I'll tell you why for me, because. Yes, it's a cyberpunk game. The aesthetics are done well. All the things we just said. It, it's a really believable world they built. But the things you're doing and the character you are, you can't really customize your character very much. And it's an RPG. Which was quotes. very surprising to me. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, mohawk, regular body, light skin color. You know, like, very few things. Very few faces and stuff like that. Um, and then you can respec it later, but it doesn't matter because it's the same shit. You're like... And I'm near the end of the game, so I know. Let it's me ask like, you a question real quick since we're yeah. talking about this. Because I was very confused. Um, I was very surprised by the lack of customization options. I mean, there's there's gear you can get, and the gear looks different when you put it on, which is cool. But, like, on the on the title screen of the game, it shows three distinct characters. There's, like, the character you start with. There's, I don't know, like, a big hulking, like, you know, roided-out mech kind of guy with a chain gun. And then there's, like, a third guy. Like, 
are those just builds or do you unlock those characters? Like who are those people? You know, I don't remember, but I think it's just builds. I think it was hmm. just like, it was like, choose your own, right? Or pick one of these predetermined. I can't remember. But now. none of them, like when I, I went back to try to, to, to choose something different, I could only make the first one. I couldn't make anybody that looked like the other two. So I'm like, oh, are these different classes? Is this just end game gear? Like, how, like who are these characters oh, on the title screen? Not I, don't even know that I, do, I don't remember what that is. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like it was very limiting. Like you could just make yeah. this one character. Um, so maybe that's I don't know what that is. But uh, to the and to the story bit, you know who you play as, and also the dialogue with a lot of the characters NPCs. It just feels like you know you're at um, an indentured. No, I can't say that word. No, that's right. You're right. Indentured slave. Yeah. Indentured servant. Yeah, yeah. Servant. Yeah. I don't want to say slave because it's not. I mean, you really basically are a slave, but yeah. But yeah, you're like this slave to the corporation, as yes. people say in capitalism, you know? Yes. And so you're literally that. You have to like work for this corporation and you can't leave. And that's like your whole life, you know? And they like joke about in the beginning, you're just going to die in this role. Uh, that's, you know, that's an interesting place to come from if you're like going to get out of that. Like that's the goal is like, yo, you don't tell me that. I'm going to go and, you know, be a free roaming spirit and go have all these rpg adventures i'm near the end of the game that's not what happens right you know this game is really almost like a chapter i want to say of a really big book where it's like this is the part where you're in this corporation there's other corporations are vying for you know power but you're really just like you know being uh what's it called like a black widow or something, you know, you're like this. Yeah, little you're like a pawn for these guys. Pawn doing what yeah. they doing what they want. Yeah. So the, because of that, like I couldn't get in the story, and I want to make this little caveat and asterisk too. People saying this is better than Cyberpunk 2077 can shut their fucking mouths <laughs> because it's not a role playing game, and Cyberpunk 2077 is. Cyberpunk has so many different endings and so many different like story missions, and they're all really compelling stories. This has one chapter of a storybook. It is not better than that fucking game. So anybody saying that, take that out of your mouth because that's garbage talk. <laughs> you are um, on fire, buddy. I sorry. I, yeah. I was I'm just seeing it. that so much. That I was passion. like, well, because they're like, oh, they they hit the aesthetic so much better. Everything's so much better. No, it's an interesting slice. That's beautiful, but it's not better. That's like not even close, in my opinion. So, with that out of the way, I will say two more things, and then I would love to hear your retorts on some. All right. All right. Difficulty spikes are too much at times. They they really don't like give you a lot of side missions, but I feel like the side missions don't give you tons of experience points. A lot of it's just grindy, yeah. which yes happens in RPGs, but I felt the spikes were too much because you'll come up to a boss like there's this uh, spider bot. Did you yeah. encounter that? No, but I did hit a giant difficulty spike today. I've died in right. the same spot like. 10 times in a row. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. These spikes happen and you're like, whoa, that's too much. Yeah. Because they don't give you the progression up to that point. And so then that's kind of on them. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll say, which is kind of a bummer, is that, yeah, like, I don't know if I'm going to finish it because I hit one of those spikes and I'm near end game. And I hear, hear people talking about the last boss saying it's like fucking, fucking brutal. And you're just going to die a bunch. You're going to have to go grind somewhere. So it's like the story, like I alluded to, didn't carry me enough along, like further enough to be like, I'm really, really compelled to see what happens. Yeah. And I'm stuck at this point where I should be ruling, you know, like I've done all the skill upgrades. You should be strong. Yeah. I should be be strong as shit. There's this thing called life steal where you steal life from um, enemies. Yeah. 
which I saw some YouTuber like, you know, he says, oh, you're invincible now. No, 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 you're not invincible. Because even with that lifesteal, I won't get into the complexities of it, but you still have to fucking deal with like, right. you know, uh, what's it called? Bullet spongy enemies. Yes, exactly. So I am almost out. And I'm like, well, you just talked about it in the other review. I'm like three quarters of the way in this game, or maybe even like, like an hour or two maybe, away from the ending. You're close, yeah. And I'm so stuck at a, sp a difficulty spike. I mean, it's like five mechs, huge robots, and I'm like, what do you want from me? I got four bars of health, you know, all the lifesteal, and I'm just eating shit. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so fired up, yeah. Well, okay, so I started Thoughts. off... I, <laughs> I started off really high on this game, and I was very excited for this. This is one... I've been looking forward to for a while since we saw it at the uh, Xbox um, game preview a couple months, like six months ago or whatever it was. I was like, oh, man, this looks like my jam, right? Like, I want to play yeah. this. I love top down. I love, you know, shooting kind of action, twin six shooters. I love all that shit. Uh, this seemed like it was going to be 100 percent my thing, but I'm I'm out. I actually just I got out today. Um, I was not nearly as far as you were, um, but I'll tell you why. So the story, big problem. I just don't care anything about the story. Which, in some games, is fine, right? So, like, let's take Diablo, for example. I don't give a shit about Diablo's story, right? I don't think anybody does. But everything else in that game is so strong that it's fine because you're playing. It feels great to play. You're rolling along, getting loot and gear. It's fun. Killing dudes. Looks awesome. That's enough to make up for a weak story. In this game, I really felt like I needed more, more reason to keep going. Uh, because the game is weak in a lot of places that are not initially apparent. I mean, it looks great. Graphics are fucking amazing aesthetics are totally on point i love this you know the cyberpunk you know dystopian noir sort of thing all the red lights and the, yeah, the washed out amazing. lights and trash everywhere like it looks cool it looks very cool but um so the story is just like a bunch of jargon and a bunch of stuff that i don't understand what they're talking about and i don't really have any sense of what's going on um they're just like do this do this blah 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 and then that's fine but so that that didn't grab me but the bigger problem is that i think that the general structure of the game is really kind of busted in the sense that they wanted to create this like world or city that you're in, but just walking around is fucking boring and you're getting, it takes too long to get where you need to go. And in the spaces between these places, you're just walking. And then there's like just rando dudes that you shoot. They don't give you very much experience. And it's just like, I just want to get to the thing that, that I want to get to. Like, it feels like it takes forever um, and I just really don't like how much downtime there is between like locations. And when you get to a location, I mean, there's just not much to it, right? I kind of thought there'd be more RPG to this, but there's really not. Like it's deceptive. Um, it's just really just about a twin stick shooting, which is is generally fine. But like you have all these stats at the beginning of the game, and you think, oh man, look at all these stats. That's cool. But it, you're not really making a build. You're just putting a couple points into one thing or the other. But it doesn't really change how you play that much. At least it didn't for me. Well, um, and by the way, to that point, a lot of people are talking about how that is cumbersome, the skill system, uh -huh. where it's it's tricky because you have these gear things, but like to to know which gears you need to upgrade your weapons is like confusing. Yeah, because you can't even see like the actual character on the gear. There's actually, if you look really closely in the gear icon, there's a letter in the middle, and you have to like somehow see that to know which ones yeah. you got. So. And, and, and to your point, like, yeah, when you put points and skills, you're like, I think I did a good thing. It doesn't feel different. Like, you're not yeah. like it, you never get that sense of like, oh, shit, I kick ass now or like, right. oh, that's way different. I just it just felt like I was doing the exact same thing. And the points weren't making much of a difference. I got to say, also, in a game like this, 
you really need the loot to be like exciting. And oh my God, dude, like it was killing me because I found a gun that I liked. I found two guns that I liked and I put some points into those guns and I just kept finding the same guns over and over. Like I wasn't getting a big variety of stuff. I would go, I went to all the shops and they all had the same shit. Uh, and I just ended up using the same two guns for the whole time, which I guess is okay. But I mean, that was kind of boring. I got a, a helmet that was good. I got a chest piece that was good. And I got pants that were good. And everything I found was either the exact same or not as good. And I like, I want to be, you know, I want to fuck with the gear a little bit. I want to like mix and match a little bit. I want to have some fun with like the different systems. I want to try weapons that feel different, but I kept finding the same, like eight different guns. And it was like, okay, I only like two of these. I don't like the other six. I don't need to keep picking these up. And there's nothing really different coming up, which I thought was like, not great. So that didn't feel very good either. Um, and I just, I mean, honestly, dude, I just kind of felt like kind of repetitive and boring after a while. I was like super, super in. And then not finding cool loot, spending a lot of time walking between like checkpoints and the map system. I mean, real talk, dude, the map fucking sucks in this game. I fucking hate the map where there's different elevations to each area and it's hard to tell where you can go up and down. It's not really clear about which way you need to go. Like, I feel like I was really wishing the map was much more of a Diablo map where it's just one flat plane and you can kind of like fill in the map as you go. That's a very satisfying feeling. And you already know where you need to go and where you've been. So that's great. Like that kills two birds with one stone. Um, I just felt like I was covering the same ground over and over. And I got lost a couple times. I'm like, which way am I going? This is a dead end. This is not right. And it's just kind of frustrating. So that wasn't a good feeling either. And and honestly, the final the final nail was it's buggy, dude. I don't know about you. A lot of people who are playing multiplayer say it's very buggy. I've only been playing single player. But I already found like I think at least two different quests I couldn't finish because they're bugged. And oh, I no, I can tell you. I, get, I might be able to help with this, and I don't think they're bugged. So there's a there's it's I mean it's a bug in in a way, but uh, I have so much to say what you, about what you just said. First off, I did hard crash, so there's some hard crashes in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an early, you know, that's nowadays games just ship, and that's what happens. But when it comes to areas you can't get to, um, they don't, the game doesn't tell you this, but you have to just do campaign stuff. And if you do too many side missions, sometimes you can't go to the areas. Yeah, because you didn't open it up in the main campaign yet. I know exactly what you're talking about. Is there's the, like right at the beginning of the game, there's a quest. It says it's a level two quest. You go to do it, and you can't do it. You can't go um, there. But I, I I progressed the campaign. I came back to it. Um, there's an elevator you need to get into, and at first you can't get into it, so it seems like a bug. But I got there. The door's open, but there's no elevator. There's no button. Oh, so you did an actual bug then? Yeah, there's literally the doors open as if you're about to board the elevator, and there is no elevator, and there's nothing you can do. So I'm like, fuck. Okay, that's bug. And there was one mm. other, um, uh, I was playing, I was shooting my submachine gun and it, you know, it's like, bop, 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 cool. And as soon as they stop shooting, it just goes, bop, 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 Oh, I got that too. That's an kept audio going. Bug. That's an yep. audio bug. Yep. There was I one other quest where like there was a, a locked door that I needed to get into because it was the point of the quest and it just wouldn't unlock. And I'm like, okay, I get that this is a small team, much respect to what they've created. This is a very cool start, but like, I don't have time for bugs and quests that can't be like, I mean, these are early quests. It's not like I'm like. 50 hours deep in this like small side quest. This is like stuff you're telling me to do at the beginning of the game. You should have really like bug checked this stuff. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of frustrating too, but like as much as I like the aesthetic and I like the concept, I just, just not enough to it. And it just is like kind of, kind of slow after a while. I just, I just really fell out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on a lot of what you just said. Uh, and I think we agree on like, you know, the aesthetics and stuff like that, and the things that they did right um, to kind of like, um, add more to the fire of negativity <laughs> uh, is well. Uh, before I add to the negative, 
a quick fix for your issue, which is an issue where you just basically feel like you're walking around all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just take the taxi everywhere. So yeah, yeah. all you do is you you push uh, like on the controller on Xbox. Yeah, left like on the D pad. Left yeah. D pad. Yeah. And if I didn't do that, when I wouldn't have got to close to the end of the game because there's no reason to walk that much. So yeah. basically, what you do is you kind of and and when you pick the taxi, it actually shows the little marker for your quest. Right, where you're supposed to go. Where you're supposed goal. to go, yeah. yeah. It does. So that's how I survived this game, because without that, you're screwed. But to that point, the elevation could have been cool, but it does become a problem, because if you're in an area and you're in a certain elevation level, you won't even see the destination yes. that you need to go to. It can be above you or below you, it and can you're be not above, sure yeah, where it is. Yeah, you're not sure, yeah, and that's sucks. fucked. Yeah. So I agree with that. The other thing I don't like is... When it comes to the characters, the NPCs, so many of them have that bullshit sim language. Oh, yeah. Womp, womp, yeah. womp, 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 womp. Well, that's Charlie <laughs> Brown. Uh, and I understand, again, small-time developer, you don't have all the voice acting, right? right? Exactly, exactly. That's why it's in there. But it's only distracting. Like, it, like, bothered me. I was trying to read, you know? Yeah. So that was terrible. And also, I didn't like all the slang. I, I'm, I'm it's all, way too much jargon, it's man. Too it's much. way too much jargon. Yeah. Because again, a Cyberpunk 2077, a superior game and an actual RPG. Uh, it doesn't need to have all that, and it doesn't. You know, like it has regular words too, and I don't know it just doesn't jump I mean, into a totally different slang. Yes, I mean here's, I mean here's what that's from. Like, I don't know if you've ever read any William Gibson books, but of I mean, course, yeah, the guy, Snokers, yeah, the, yeah, exactly, exactly, the guy who basically invented, you know, like cyberpunk and that kind of stuff. Like he was like, you know, like one of those dudes who kicked it off. That was how he wrote. He wrote like these really difficult to read, dense books where he threw all this jargon at you and he just expected you to figure it out. And, you know, those books are cool for what they are. I really think he's a great writer. I've enjoyed many of his books, but I don't need every fucking cyberpunk game to copy that. Like fucking tell me what things are. I don't want to have to look things up in your in your lexicon. Like, I mean, I get they're trying to create this world, but like you can do it in a way. That gives the flavor without like making me go what like what are yeah, we what are exactly. we talking about yeah because yeah. it confuses you yeah uh, and I was just about to say Snow Crash that wasn't him that was, that was uh, Neil Stevenson Neil Stevenson yeah uh, but also yeah it's that same type of thing like I'm I'm it's it's cumbersome to read this you know and now I'm like even more out of the story yeah totally lastly and in closing I'll say the last thing that bothered me because it's almost like what you just said this is not an RPG to 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 put that yeah, down even it really more. isn't. It's a shooting game, and it's a twin-stick shooter straight up, and you know that from the beginning of the game because it instead of it world-building, instead of you caring about this uh, Viper gang, which is mainly the main enemies throughout the whole game. Oh, God. I, I would not have been able to tell you what their name was if you had put, you know, if you had offered me a million dollars. I could not have told you. Right. Well, um, the only reason I know is maybe because I've killed so many of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> here's the problem is the minute you start this game, which is in a believable world because it's so looks look so good. You find some of these gang members and they do that bullshit thing. That's so like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where enemies just come out of nowhere. Yeah. And they, they like jump in. over the side of fences and they're like, wait, where was that guy? And it's always like 50 of them. And that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like story wise, you know what I mean? Like, there wouldn't be, like, every, like, I don't know, 50 feet you go or 100 feet you go. There's, like, oh, there they are. They were just, like, under the bridge the whole time. Yeah, my favorite is when, like, a dude, like, is, like, I mean, what, he was doing, like, a solid snake. Like, he was holding on off the side of the bridge just, like, with his hands <laughs> waiting. waiting for you to walk by. And then yeah, he pulls himself yeah. up over the bridge. Like, come on. Which is an arcade game, right? Like, yes, that's an ar is. that's yeah. what I felt like when I first started. I was, like, wait, this isn't an RPG. This is a shooting arcade game. 
Yeah. So that's so much negativity, and the the, the difficulty spikes really hurt it. Because again, I'm I'm I, I really invested just to see if I could like really progress my character and stuff like that. But yeah. no, I just don't care as much anymore. I mean, here's where I fall down on it. Right? Here's where I fall. Like, I think it looks great, and I think this is an awesome effort from a small team. Like, I think this is yes. a tremendous start. These guys have talent. Absolutely. What they need is they need, like, ten more people and, like, five million dollars. Whatever they make is going to be fucking amazing the next time. This is a great start. But for me, if we're talking about this specific game, I wanted it to either be more like, maybe like Helldivers, where it's a smaller action-focused experience, but like the variety of guns that you have and the options that you have really make each run feel very different. I just felt like I got into a groove really quickly and I had no reason to get out of it and it got really old. So it didn't have the 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 visceral like uh, action quality, the depth of action that I wanted. It also wasn't like enough of an RPG in the sense of like a Diablo where I was getting constant like new gear. You know, it's fun to mix and match, maybe look for some weird synergies and experiment with that. Like it just it kind of like fell in the middle into like this little kind of neutral zone where it looks great, but it's not deep enough in either direction. And what you're left with is an experience for me anyway, that got really boring after maybe, you know, after a couple of days where I was just like, okay, I, I thought more, there was going to be more to this. Now that I'm seeing the extent of it, it's not as deep or as rich as I thought it was. I mean, fair play to these guys. Great. I really look forward to their next game, but this one, I think I'm going to know. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's, it's in between. Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to say it, because in when it comes to the weapons, just so and these are pro tips for people who might just want to play a, a really good cyberpunk shooter, because that's what this game is. Yeah, is that you just get a gun that you like and that's it. Like, that's OK. If you understand that you're not getting loot in this game. Right. No, that's not, no that's not what this game yeah. is. There's no. And loot. so that's the in between, though. They're trying to be like, oh, you have an RPG sword and you're upgrading it. You know, that's what you do. You go to this little guy who literally it's a hammer. Like you go to a store that has a hammer icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are basically medieval RPG style upgrading your sword, but it's just your gun. Yeah. And I think if you get that, that's what's happening. Yeah, you're not like um, expecting a loot grind, and in which that's fun. That's not what this game is. It, well, it's funny too because if that's what they were shooting for, and I think that has value, right? Like I think that's fun because I really did enjoy the first couple hours when I was kind of feeling it out. But I kind of wish they would have scaled it down. Like you don't need to have this enormous world right you don't need the trains running back and forth to the zones i wish they'd kind of just been like this is what we're capable of doing as a studio it looks fucking amazing we only got like these 10 guns or whatever so there's not really any loot and our story is not great but it feels good to play so we're going to just focus on that and i wish it had just been a bunch of really tight levels boom 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 get you in just like keep the adrenaline high you know and, yes. th and that would have been fine that would have been yeah. fine i think they kind of like they over over overreached overwatched that's not right overreached. nope they over no. whatever they reached too far yeah. there they they were not able to pull off the vision and what ends up happening is it just feels kind of not all there but man they were so close this is oh my goodness in so many ways it's so close to being amazing so what you just said got me so excited about what it could have been and this i hate saying that out loud because you know again yeah. kudos to them but if it was shorter remember shadow complex yes Right, like if it was shorter levels like that, and yes, I, and yes. I and I hated that there were waves of enemies because again, it took me out of it. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about like, you know, I didn't think it was about that. And so if it was shorter, and less enemies, so everything felt more impactful, right? And you could still like kick ass and kill out, you know, a twenty people in a, in a in a wave of people. But yeah. then a story bit happens, and it's not just like 
you know, rinse, repeat that yeah. thing. Yeah. I think that would have made a big difference because at some points you do feel like a badass, you know? And, oh, and yeah, like, for sure. For the sure. The physics is awesome. And you're like rocking this gun you really like. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I remember thinking this like two hours in. I was like, I'm going to play this forever, you know, because it feels so good. But those are these little bursts. And I feel like if it was short, like you just said, I would have been so excited. I had the exact same feeling, dude. Like the very first day, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to play this like for the rest of the summer. This feels amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I I thought it was going to be deep. Like I would get further into it. I'd have a build. I'd have all sorts of like items and, you know, customize my my character. And it just it just doesn't go there. So. I kind of wish that they had not tried to do as much as they did and just focused. And that would have been like eight hours kick ass fucking twin six shooter. That would have been amazing, but it just, they didn't have enough resources to make an entire world. They didn't have resources to make a story. They didn't have the resources for like a Diablo loot system. I just, yeah, I, I, uh, yes, it's just, it's, it's disappointing, but I don't think, yeah, yeah. good start. And I don't think it's all just resources. I think it's just like vision too. Like it's about like where you want to go with this because what we just, reiterated was it's in between right and so it's like pick the lane and then like just kill that lane because they they did two lanes but both of them they did well it's just that we're stuck in the middle of it yeah oh we're in the middle lane in the middle lane call the episode that the middle lane all right i'll do that let's do that so yeah i mean i i'm very excited for their next game but i gotta say i noped out of the ascent i just actually deleted it off my uh my xbox and i will not be coming back to it so okay I'll let you know. I'm I'm literally near the end, and it, it frustrates me because I'm like, it would be nice to kind of like you know finish it up. Uh, similar to the Returnal for you, I'm gonna like let it sit for a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that difficulty spike will chill out for a minute, and then maybe I'll go back and grind and, and beat it, and we'll talk about it later. All right, sounds like a plan. All right, folks, that is the show. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate your ears and for spending time with us. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And this is it. This is it for episode 244. Um, As per usual, we always are looking for your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at sovideogames. Or you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Still rocking uh, YouTube.com slash a lot of things. Uh, new a lot of things tonight show is up there. Also TikTok, which is a lot of things comedy, and Instagram, it's a lot of things. That is a lot of a lot of things. That's a lot of things uh, in three places. Yeah. As for me, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's my name B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode two four four. Like I said, thanks again for joining us here on the podcast and we'll see you again next friday but in the meantime this is bye from brad and but wait there's more from carlos because <laughs> i never end it correctly is um i was thinking about we should do a separate podcast because we talk and bitch and bitch about stuff that's not video games and so maybe we do a whole other like at the end of the podcast podcast or another full podcast about just talking about life stuff because I feel like we both have a lot to say. If you would find that interesting, dear listeners, let us know. Let <laughs> yes. us know what you would you listen to that if we were talking about non-game stuff? If you would, what did you want us to talk about? Like any topics in mind? Or would you be like, you know what? I get enough of you fuckers as it is every week. I don't need <laughs> no more. Up. Let yeah. us know if that's your feeling too. Like let us know if you want us to do more. 
Yeah, let us know. Because I just feel like there's just so much that we like go into a tangent for a second and then... With the show's already long. I mean, we're talking two hours already. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, just a little th- food for thought. If you're at the end of this episode, you're obviously a super fan. So <laughs> your, <laughs> you your be, opinion yes. matters a lot. So that's it. Thanks a lot. Go to my TikTok. Uh, it's a lot of things. No, that's Instagram. I don't know what I do. You don't know what you're doing. All right, and buy our hey, shirts. Buy. Buy oh, our buy our shirts. Shirt. Buy T-shirts. It's going to be in the show notes. Buy our shirts. All right. Designed by humans.com slash shop slash Sylvie Diggins. <laughs>